Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another episode of the Keel Podcast. I am your host, Alex Keel, alongside me, the insider of the insiders. <gasps> the guy that got to Timmy's this morning, Tyler Keel. You know, since it is a Saturday morning here on the Saturday Keel Podcast. Saturday morning. Amy sees one Saturday morning. Yeah, we'd listen to that before because we had to get in the mood, you know. Thank you, Listen, 90s Disney. 90s, oh, my childhood, man. It was so great. So we, you know, Alex, I think we should take it a different approach today. You know, we always get it. Oh, we're the Kill Podcast. We go, how about this? It's a morning show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Kill Morning. You're, you're right. You're right. Welcome, I'll, I'll... welcome to the Kill Morning Show. I'm Tyler Kuehl alongside Alex Kuehl here to bring you the best and greatest hockey news around the world, around the globe. So take a sit back, have your cup of coffee. Ease back in your chair, and let's have ourselves a good morning together. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> boys and girls, children of all ages, let's go! Okay, I guess that does sound a little better. I mean, I'm only halfway done with my coffee, but, I mean, give me about five minutes, it'll be... By the point we start talking about RFAs and CBAs and any other acronyms we got... It'll you be, will be gone. Oh, I'll be... Um, I'll be... It's still going! It's still going! Yes, old YouTube videos, yes. How old is that video? Um, probably at that least. That was when Cy was like, that was like K Cy, whatever the heck his name was. Um, that was like early on in his YouTube career. I can I say that YouTube career? Uh, yeah. I, let me see. Well, it wasn't extremely early on. It was about when he got. Buddy, like, you weren't in high school yet when that one came out. Yeah, that so, was the, that was the video. Hold on here. Hold on here. Okay, uh, fans, do you remember something called the Impossible Quiz? It was something Ben Swanson showed me in middle school. And it was been the, seven years ago. That sounds about right. Cause I was still in high school when he made the video. Yeah. I learned about the game well, seven or eight years ago. I learned about the game when I was in middle school and it look, you dude, I, has anyone ever actually completed the impossible quiz? Yes. I need to watch that. Like that YouTube, what's it? The YouTube game, game playthrough or through play, yep. or whatever they, um, the videos are called. No, it's actually, well, it was done a while ago, but what's it called? What are those videos called? Playthroughs. Playthroughs. Okay. There is someone, Alex. So I was looking up the Rocket Power. I was looking up Rocket Power episodes last night because I get bored, you know, when I'm <gasps> going to bed. Yeah. So there was someone who did a five and a half hour video playing Rocket Power Beach Bandits for the PS2, yeah. which included all the cutscenes and everything. Yeah. I feel like I should watch it now just so I can play it and actually get through that it. Instead, like instead of just skipping through the levels like we always do. Well, like you always did. I yes. finished the game. You never bowl alone. Yes, I did. No, you did not. I have the memory stick upstairs. You want to bet? Okay, it's easy. Alex, you just put the cheat codes in and all the things come up. No, not the cheat codes. It's not a memory stick. The it's game. a memory card. Whatever. Memory card. Whatever. Take me back to the 2000s. There were no... there were USB sticks were about one gigabyte, and they were $20,000. Okay, that wasn't that much. Then. This was not floppy disks. Let's Three talk. and a half flop. Dude, I Talking was about... Hold on. Talking about floppy disks. So, uh, me and my girlfriend, we, we've been kind of going through all of our stuff and kind of cleaning out and whatever, and you know what she found? She found her old backpack... Which was a rocket power, like clear plastic backpack with a floppy disk holder. So, did you get taught that in elementary school? Because we were taught how to use them. What, a floppy disk? Yeah. Yes. Because literally the US. I was, ta the I was taught how to use both. I was, used, I was taught how to do a floppy disk in elementary school when I was and first the flash learning drives how to. came became big when I was in middle school, like seventh and eighth grade. Yeah, when I was in fifth and sixth grade, they were like, all right, this is what a USB is. This is what we're going to use now. It's the thing of the future. Which is a lot more convenient than a, a floppy disk. If you do not remember what a floppy disk is, Look tweet us 
at hashtag or at the Kill Podcast and use the hashtag the Kill Podcast to tell us what you used to save memory if you were not using a flash drive. Because guess what? That was the only option. That was the only option. Because really. guess what? It wasn't like you had a laptop able to carry around. You had the computer. And that was it. Oh my gosh. Remember yeah, remember Go Network when you had to, when literally No, I don't. So you are asking the wrong person. You had back in the day when you when you Google when you search something on the web, you first of all you had to do the exact web address because you weren't getting on Disney.com that way. I remember that or Disney.go.com. You would click it and you would you could go do the laundry. You could go for a walk. You could take the you know the kids to the park and then come back and then the website will finally load. That's how bad it was at the old house, or at the at the old trailer as actually was as it was. I remember this because that was when the movie Dinosaur came out, and their like their flash page that would come up would be Aladar's eye when you know the meteors are coming in. You yeah. remember the thing that happened with the, that yeah the, the caused cover- the extinction of the dinosaurs, the meteor shower and stuff. Guess what? They survived according to Disney. According to Disney. Disney controls and, and the, everything. And those uh, those weird lemur people. They they were they were lemurs. They were. It's funny. Like they all the prehistoric lemurs. All of the animals in that movie are not on steroids. Are not historically accurate. They're not even like actual species. They're just like they kind of look similar. Like the old girl, the brachiosaurus was not actually a brachiosaurus. It was something else. Yeah. And the carnotaur, which is literally Tyrannosaurus rex, was called a carnotaur. There's no such thing. As a carnotaur. Carnotaur. That's what I said, carnotaur. You said carnotaur. Oh, carnotaur, sorry. Dude, it's carnotaur. It's literally saying carnivore, but with a T. Yeah. It's like tomato without the T. Yes. Disney's like, you know what? Screw it. We're just going to say the dinosaur survived, and it's all these other species. Here's about though. They're marketing this movie towards kids. You're not going to have the favorite characters, a bunch of little kids just die. The the trailer. Are you kidding me? The trailer for the movie was all these animals getting attacked by carnotaurs and the carnotaurs smashing all of the eggs in a nest but one. That was the trailer. It ah, wasn't fine. it wasn't like a this summer coming from Disney, dinosaurs I may or may trying not to survive. That part. They literally just may showed may the may opening scene that. where the carnotaur just murders half of everybody, just kills everybody. That's ah, fine. That's all they're that, you're telling me Disney was marking that towards kids. It's like, alright guys. Hey, it's this is not um the land before time, okay? <laughs> Land Before Time, uh, uh, okay, yeah. That Before, video game was something. That video game, okay, that was, <sighs> did we just not have many, we did not have many video games. We had Kiss Pinball, for goodness sakes. Hell yeah. Where Dad said, screw we're not going to listen to this gameplay, we're going to turn on the sound and play Greatest Hits of Kiss, which actually was a lot better than the in-music gameplay. Yeah. Oh, by the way, we have a show. Yeah, we have a show. Yeah. Thanks, in part. In 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 in, in Spart- Spartacus Spartacus. Well, there in, is. Well, you could say in Spartans because they have a downtown Spartans. In Spartans, the Downtown Sports Network hashtag DTS Sports Network. Right? Correct? You could or use DT could, Sports Network. You could use hashtag if you want to hashtag DTS at DT Sports Network is their Twitter handle. Get on their website there. They got all the good shows. They got Downtown Patriots, Downtown Bucks, Downtown Rams is one of their biggest shows. That's getting you ready for the NFL season. They got downtown Formula One. They have downtown wrestling. Do they have downtown extreme sports? No, they do. They do not yet. That'd be something I'd like to explore. I just don't have time to. Trust me, I forget that the X Games even happened a couple weeks ago. Yeah, that was in Minnesota. Yeah, well, it's second year in Minnesota. Minnesota's a great area. Just the problem is they try to jam everything into the stadium, into U.S. Bank Stadium. Yeah, well, that's the problem. That's my issue. Is like, well, just have the dirt stuff in there. Here's. you have another arena right down the road. Right. Here's here's my token. 
A, with the X Games, it's easier to do it at one facility. It was just, for some weird reason, a lot easier at um, the Staples Center. First, well, no well, reason at all. Well, no, but that was like... But your, then they expanded well, no, the, it, and the then reason, they did like, oh, we're going to have skateboarding at this, you know... Um, well, they had, it, they had it outdoors. They had the vert ramp and the they park did, outdoors. Well, they, did, they did for a bit, but then they moved the, the half pipe into... Um, Oh, where what XL was it? Minnesota, right? We're talking about Minnesota. No, 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 we're talking about in Los Angeles. Um, the Nokia, place, Nokia. Theater. Yeah, where they have yes. the ESPYs and all that stuff. Yes. So well, because ESPN already has that kind of connection, they're like, oh yeah, we're just gonna have. See, I hate to I hate to say the glory days of X Games. They're over. I hate to use that term, term, but when literally it was, you had the dirt little path for BMX dirt and best trick dirt, you know, Moto X best trick and step up and all that stuff, and then you had the half pipe on the other side of the arena. And then you'd go down, yes, I, I admit, you'd have to go a little bit towards, was it Home Depot Center at the time where the Galaxy played? Or was it, or was um, it Dick's Sporting Goods? I forgot what the, the stadium was called. But wherever the Galaxy played. It was Home Depot Center at the time. Yes, and they that's where they do all the, the freestyle FMX, and they actually did some of the Rallycross stuff there. Yeah. And then they went back to the Los Angeles Olympic Stadium, which was cool for a little bit. And now they tried it. All right, we're going to jam everything. Because remember, they, they started towards the end of when they were in L.A., they brought everything, like they brought the BMX or the BMX, the the Moto X freestyle inside the Staples Center. Oh yeah, it was amazing. It was no, it was so dumb because there was you literally it was the same four jumps each and every time. Oh well, yeah, and that it's and, this, it's this kind of similar layout as Monster Trucks is. They have like, they have like the same. But there's a reason why Monster Trucks is not an X Games sport. Well, my point is like it should be that the, when they were cool. in the when they were in the old stadium and I. I don't even know where they did it back in Philadelphia. It looked like they just found like a dirt lot, put some bleachers and some. It looked like a parking lot they turned into. They a, probably did. They probably took. It like, was right outside the the first Union Center. Now Wells Fargo, Wells Fargo. Center. Yeah, that's probably what they did. It's like, all right, we got this big old parking lot. Throw some dirt on it. There, that's what we did in Berlin. But no, that's. So you want to be a rock superstar? Yes, yeah. hot, the big house, five cars, the big house. Coming up in the... All right, thank so, you, Cypress Hill. So, I'm saying, Mike, we, you're getting a little. Alex, I can see you're getting insane in the membrane. Insane in the membrane. Insane in the brain. But okay, we're just going too far back for these people. This coffee is long delicious. Story, today. Long story short, X Games need to figure it out. But that's Downtown well, Sports Network. Yes, that. Oh, yeah, because you you had to make a suggestion. Yes, I did. That being said, um, let's get into some actual hockey news. First off, we're been gonna a little s- been a little over a week, so we have a little yeah, bit to talk has, about. It has. We have a little bit, a little bit. A little bit less, a little bit more. Some of this stuff could be a little old for some people. However, right. you have not heard our opinion yet, so it's news to us. Correct. Well, it's not news to us, but I mean, we, we, we got to talk about it here, Ty. It's news to the show. We got to talk about it. It's too. news to our microphones that we're yelling it into. For those better? who don't pay attention to mainstream hockey news and they use us as their reliable source. I am sorry. <laughs> Congratulations. Welcome to the show. <laughs> well, I mean, geez, Bob McKenzie's still sitting there in Margaritaville. His birthday was the other day, by the way. Bob yeah, congrats, Bob. You're older. Bobby Margaritaville, the one that's inspired me to find my own diesel-powered margarita maker. Yeah, a diesel-powered margarita maker. Freaking when you have to crank. Phenomenal. Like, it's like a lawnmower. Um, so, let's start with the, the hometown team, I guess. Uh, Adam Ern, is it Ern Ernie. or Ernie? It's Ernie. Ernie, okay. Adam Ernie. Uh, I call him Ernie. He was traded to the Detroit Red Wings um, from the Tampa Bay Lightning, obviously them trying to get some cap space. Stevie Eiserman rating his old team for talent. Yeah, I mean, quite essentially, they uh, traded him for a 2024th round pick. So, in my personal opinion, great move for Detroit. They get a roster spot player. 
Um, let me pull up some of his stats real quick. To he see. was a bottom six player for the Bolts. Obviously, with the talent they have, he was not going to play a huge amount of minutes. Fourth liner for the most part. He's going to play up a little bit. I mean, the same way Tyler. Bert- the reason why Tyler Bertuzzi is a top six player is because he plays for the Detroit Red Wings. Adam Murray will have that same kind of opportunity to step up and play. Eiserman seeing that, hey, you know what? We could use a guy like him. He's you know he's not a flashy player, but he can he has substance to him. And right now for Detroit, you're just trying to compete. You're not trying to have a superstar lineup. You have guys coming up through the system. You have Zadina. You still have Manthel, Larkin. You have that up front. You just need some more, more. I don't say more grit, but more just meat on the bones. You can't just have a couple pieces here and there. You got to have full body. You can't, you can't skip leg day, Alex. Right. Um, from his stats, he really hasn't been uh, too much of a first line kind of player. Um, he had some really solid um, years down. Um, with the Quebec Ramparts, for example, his 2014-2015 season, he had 60. He played in 60 games, 41 goals, 45 assists. Um, after that, he's been kind of bouncing between the Lightning and the Syracuse Crunch, their AHL affiliate. Um, you know, kind of looking at you know 59 games, 26 games with the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know, kind of he, he, he's kind of done around you know 60 or so games. Uh, last year, he played all 65 with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, 65 games, seven goals, 13 assists. But then again, I want to believe that he was on the the fourth line for the most part of that. And especially when you have the solid talent that they do, they are the definitely the team that gives you know 59 minutes of the night to the first three lines. Well, he the most he ever played was his rookie year when it split time between Syracuse and Tampa, where he played 11:48 average time on ice. But that was like I said in a small sample size. Last year in his first quote unquote full season, he only played 10 and a half minutes. He's gonna. Those numbers will go up. His average, his time on ice will go up. He has the ability to take some faceoffs. He isn't a, like I said, a superbly flashy player. He actually last year in particular, which is odd because obviously you want your offensive weapons out there. He took in his defensive, his offensive to defensive zone starts. He had forty two point six, forty two point six percent of his starts came in the offensive zone, where fifty seven point four came in the defensive zone. So I don't know if that was Cooper like, all right, we have a defensive zone face-off, Stamkos, and you Kucherov, you're clearly a liability. Uh, Ernie, go. I mean, that's pretty much what it was. Yeah, I'll, I mean, you can... I'll be honest with you, Kucherov and them, they are not They are not defensive weapons. They are not signed millions and millions of dollars to no. block er- shots. Ernie, Ernie's definitely the kind of player, I mean, especially even if you did have the face-off in the defensive zone, get a quick draw. Get it out, Stamkos, get then, back on the ice. Yeah, No, like Stamkos play on wing, and then as soon as the puck drops, skate forwards. Braden Point, if you're actually going to sign with us for a reasonable contract, then you can come. Yeah. Right. And with this um, with this to Detroit, obviously they are doing some some good things, I would personally say, on the, the offensive zone um, with you know signing a few people here and there. Still waiting on Pavel Dotsuk, but uh, I don't think that's going to happen. That's... Okay, yeah, don't forget. Dominic Koshik said he's going to try to make a comeback. Remember how that worked when he was 47, Alex? Yes, that he did. He can play in the Czech B League. So can Yager. Doesn't matter. Now, with this, I wanted to take a little soapbox, and we're going to do some Detroit Red Wings trivia. Tyler? Where's our Toronto trivia that we tried the one time? Is that around? Actually, It is. It is over there. You put it down in the box. I did? Okay. Yep. So... We are going to do some Detroit trivia. Tyler, I'm going to ask the questions. You are going to answer them because you are the hockey brain, or at least the more one that remembers random crap. And this... No, I do not care that the last goaltender never wore a mask played in 1981. No, and this is actually um, from a May 30th uh, article. Brett, 
written by Jeff Side or Seed, excuse me, if I got that incorrectly. S E I D E. It's got to be Side. Side, yep. And this is from the hockeywriters.com, the 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 place that you 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 kind of do yeah. stuff. Yeah. Right? Oh, he writes for the does he write the Grindline post? Uh just says Detroit Red Wings. Okay. Anyways, so um, first question. By the way, Jake Gardner should be signed by the Montreal Canadiens. My latest post on the Hockey Writers. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to my TED Talk. <laughs> first question. How many Stanley Cups did Gordie Howe win? First with the Red Wings and then in total. He never won one with anyone else. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. How many, how many Stanley Cups did he win and then how many total championships did he win? You mean like regular season championships? That I mean, like league championships. Oh, you're talking about like WHA. Okay, correct. Whole uh, AFCO Cup. So with Detroit, he came in the team in '47. So 50, 52, four, four cups, four cups with the Wings, and then he won th- three. AFCO Final Cup. answer. Three. Yes. He won two AFCO Cups ah! in the WHA, and, and you, then yes, four. Were both both with the Arrows, right? Correct. Yeah, and then four the Lord Stanley's Cups. Now, next question. This one should be an easy one for you, Ty, as it was an easy one for me. Number 19, is, Steve Eiserman. No. Okay. Quince essentially has to do with him, though. Who was the captain of the Detroit Red Wings before Steve Eiserman took over? Oh, gosh. Number 18, Danny Gare. Danny Gare. Danny Gare. Captain Gare. of the Wings Actually, from re- 1982 to 1986 before joining the Edmonton Oilers. He was a really good scorer in the late 70s. On a, I forget where he played before, but he had an incredible amount of talent, but he played in an era where there were guys that were a lot better than him. He's like Dennis Marouk. Dennis Marouk scored 60 goals in 81-82. He was 32 behind the leading scorer in the NHL. Wayne Gretzky with 92. Great one. Now, <laughs> great one. <laughs> great one. Yeah. <laughs> Third question. Which player finished as the Detroit Red Wings' top point getter in the 2001-2002 season. That was the cup year. Mm-hmm. Can I call a lifeline? You can call a lifeline. The oh, lifeline I, is me. I want to call Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas! Oh, t- wasn't Datsuk. He didn't play enough. Nope. It wasn't Eiserman because he didn't play enough. Nope, it was... No, don't answer. The it. first three, so first, second, and third in point getting was from the first two lines. It was a Hall of Fame roster, Alex. It was. Leading scorer that season. Leading point getter. Brandon not Sh- leading scorer. Shanahan. Brendan Shanahan. Because Fed- it wasn't Fedorov. For some no. reason, I just didn't feel like it was going to be Fedorov. Nope. Brendan Shanahan scored a total of 37 goals, added 38 assists for a grand total of 75 points. Sergei yeah, they didn't Fe- even get 100. Well, of course, it was the dead It was. It was the dead puck era at this point. It was 100 points was almost impossible. I remember they, they credit when the next year when Mary Hosa put up a point a game. They're like, holy cow, he's amazing. Yeah. He put up 82 points. Yeah. No, Sergey Fedorov was, was second. I uh, Brett that, Hall was third. I believe that was the first year that Scotty Bowman just like threw logic out the window. I'm like, all right, super line. Iserman <laughs> on the wings will be Shanahan and Fedorov. Woo! Now, the Hello, next, Hall of Fame. The next question I'm not letting you answer because it is too obscure. <laughs> Brett, Brett Hall scored his 700th goal against what? Evgeny Nabokov and the San Jose Sharks. Okay, damn. January 10th, 2003. Right? It was in his usual spot, five hole. I remember the highlight. I don't know why, but it was just like, 
it was okay, that, Tyler. That okay, o, that O three team was just so dumb, weird. The only things I remember is like Federov beating up Lemieux one night, and they get swept by the Anaheim Ducks. Jean Sebastian Jaguar with his oversized chest protector. Yes. Next question: Who 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 was traded to the Chicago Blackhawks for Chris Chelios in 1999? Oh, I know this one. It was done right at the trade deadline. Yes, I, yeah, in '99, it wasn't. No, because Clark came over from the from the Leafs that year. No, or yep, the <sighs> Wings traded this player and a first round draft pick for Chris Chelios. I'm trying to think of players that became Hawks. And do you want me to give it to you? No, I uh, give me give me a second here because I, I I remember this trade vivid, not vividly, but because I was vaguely. Very, Vaguely, but vividly. I remember, I, you're going to say you, the name. You're going to say the name. And you're going to lose it. Yes. It's exactly all, it's what always happens. Because it, was, it wasn't a... His first name starts with the letter A. Holy smokes. He was on the cup winning teams, obviously. He was, yep. It wasn't Aaron Ward, because he signed with Carolina after the 01 season. This was a player that was not notable for the Wings, but what he has done or what he did with the Chicago Blackhawks. I'll give you ten more seconds. Anders Ericsson, because they needed a defenseman. Anders Ericsson? Anders Ericsson, because they needed a defenseman. That's right, because you got to get... Yes, I remember him now. Cause, Congratulations. He played on the 90... He didn't play on the 97. He played on the 98. He team. played on the 98. Former Toronto Maple Leaf great Anders Ericsson. Little known fact for you there. This one's a bit of obscure, but knowing you, you'll probably get it. Which Red Wing was the first American-born defenseman to score 200 career goals? The first American-born defenseman. Correct. Played for the Wings. Does it have the years he played? Um, or could you give me a guesstimation when he played? The late seventies, late seventies, early eighties. Mother of God! <laughs> Red Wings defenseman. He won. He was the runner-up for the Calder Trophy in the nineteen seventy-seven seventy-eight season, where he scored nineteen goals and totaled a sixty-point season. First American-born defenseman to score 200 goals. Correct. Who else did he play for? Uh, it does not say on here. Come on, side. Give me a hand here. Played for the University of Minnesota. That's certainly helpful. Oh, Mike Ramsey. <laughs> nope. No? Reed Larson. Oh, God. Oh, no, Mike Ramsey played later in his career. That is right. correct. Yep. Reed Larson, wow, there's a name for you. Yeah, Reed totaled uh, 20 goals in five straight seasons, and then... Well, don't forget, he played on a team where he probably played 50 minutes a night, because those Wings teams were awful. That is correct. He finished his career with 222 goals, 463 assists in 904 games. Reed Larson, wow. Any more questions, Alex? Yeah, we got just uh, just a couple more. Well, uh, I'll, I'll skip the obscure ones to get ones. Well, that I want might the guess. obscure ones now because. All right, fine. What was the address of Olympia Stadium? What the blue blazing <laughs> Grand River Mag- was it on Grand River or McGraw? The official address Grand River. 
2560 Grand River. 5920. Not even close. <laughs> <laughs> the house number is dumb, okay? Like, I knew it was on Grand River McGraw. Yeah, it was. Um, right? Do, 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 do. You pretty much answered You already got this. that one. That one's just one more. Easy. One more. One more. Okay. This one will hit a little bit home home for you. Who did the Detroit Red Wings? Wendell take- Clark. No, no, no. <laughs> Who did the Detroit Red Wings take as their first pick in the nineteen ninety eight draft? Their first pick. Their first pick. In what round? He was selected 25th overall from the Hull Olympique. Canadian player. Canadian player. Jesse Welling. I'll give you one more try. He was a defenseman. Was he on the O2 team? He was. Young defenseman on the O2 team. He was known for one of the scariest moments in Detroit Red Wings history. Oh, gosh. Really? Yes. Oh, that's horrible. You shouldn't even, No, you could have just said he was number two or something. That's, nope. Oh, Yuri Fisher. Yuri Fisher. You got to give me another question now. We can't end on that one. That was just, <laughs> that's just grim. It wasn't grim. He just had cardiac arrest on the bench and stopped breathing and just had to be revived. Just give me another question. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, that, that was... one's too easy. Um, Just give me that... a nice, lighthearted one. Eight tentacles for the eight playoff wins. Okay, Is that a fine. question. Okay, fine, fine. The Salmonella. Oh, I can't. Yeah. I can't do the Vladimir Konstantinov one. That's too bad. Uh, You're evil. Who was the first Detroit Red Wing to ever win the Hart Trophy? Gordy. No, not Gordy nope. Howe. Sid Howe. Nope. It was not a Howe. What? What year was it? It was in 1940. 1940. He played 14 seasons with the Wings. Nice. I actually knew this one because he has an amazing first name. Not Sid Howe. Howie Meeker? No. Nope. I'll no, Howie Meeker played for Boston. Crap. One more try. Uh, uh, nothing. Ebenezer Ebby Goodfellow. Ebby Goodfellow. See, okay, you said Ebenezer. I'm like, that's what I'm like. Ebby that's a great first name. Mr. Goodfellow, yes. Ebenezer. Ebenezer. Ebenezer, I just think of a grumpy old man, and he was a good fellow. Okay, though. okay, another question for you. No, Last I don't one. Know. Oh, dear God. How many heart trophies did Gordy Howe win? Nine. Six. Six? Six. Oh, right, he won his last one, I think, in 1960. Yep. 1952, 1953, 1960. 54 was his last 63. one. 63. 63. Dang it. 63 was his last one. 52, 53, 57, 58, 60, and 63. That's enough for our wings trivia for today. Now. All the Leafs fans are like, what? I'm like, just, hey, if you ask me Leafs questions, I would have had a chance. Harold Ballard. That's my answer. No. That's the answer for everything in the 80s. Why were the Leafs bad? Harold Ballard. Why was Roger Nielsen driven insane? Harold Ballard. Why are the Florida Panthers still kind of relevant? Roberto Luongo. That was, that was pretty good. That was, that was a good segue, Thank you. Alex. Thank you. Now, for those of you who have not paid attention or did not hear, um, well, obviously, Roberto Luongo, we, we announced it earlier in this um, summer that... Well, we didn't announce it. It was other... Oh, well, we, we... He announced it. Well, he announced it, and we relayed the information that Roberto Luongo 
Um, he's putting up the pads for the last time. You don't put up your pads. You just put them down. Okay, fine. He you, put them down. He put them down. He laid down his pads. You hung up his pads. No, he didn't. Nobody hangs up their goal pads. Yeah, you did. There's not a single... No, I did not. Yes, I hung them up. I, I didn't hang them. I turned them upside down so they dry off better. Sure. Roberto Luongo uh, is no longer playing the game of hockey. Obviously, he has his um, current duties with the Florida Panthers. However... Roberto Luongo will be remembered eternally as the first ever Florida Panther to have his number retired. Good for him. I'm glad. Uh, hi, glad. I'm Alex. I'm just. You're just gonna go kick rocks there, aren't you? No, I'm. I'm. There's really no other player in Florida Panthers history that really deserves this kind of an honor. I cannot think of one that's really. I don't, maybe Scott Mellenby. I. I don't know. Sorry, your mic, you said it on the control key. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was like, it was annoying me. I'm like, you're going to hit something, your whole computer's going to go out of whack. But in terms of longevity with the Panthers, putting up success with the Panthers, there really wasn't any other player. I can't think of one. The only other guy, the only other guy that's been in that organization longer than Roberto Luongo, I'm pretty sure it's Denny Potvin when he's with color commentary with the Panthers, which he's done now as well. So... Much-deserved accolade for Mr. Luongo. Hall of Fame career, no question about it. And, of course, it's just perfectly ironic that number one is the first number to be retired by the Panthers. Who is the first number to get retired from the Wings? Gordy Howe. Was it? Yeah, it it was literally right after he retired, and then that was it. Now, I could not tell you which one. When did they... It was like 70 something. Sawchuck. When was Sawchuck? The 90s. 90s? 90s. He was one of the earlier ones. Because he, his son was the one that accepted the honor. Well, yeah, because he, he had to, because he, well, yeah. he died in 1970. Yeah. But he was one of the earlier ones. I, and here's the, the best trivia question of all time would be who would be the first, the first Toronto Maple Leafs number to be retired? And I have to try to remember what the order was when they did all the in the uh, the 2016 season, 2016-2017 season, when they had all the players' numbers retired. I couldn't tell you which one the first one was. However, I could tell you who the last one was. It was Johnny Bauer, and he cried, and I cried. That's the only that's the only thing I could tell you of, of the most recent one, I guess you could say. Because remember, the, for the longest time, the Leafs never retired numbers. They just honored them in the rafters. So you had like, you know, Guys wearing 17 and guys wearing number 21. James Van Riem's like wearing 21. They finally retired all the numbers and such. And before they're during the NHL 100 season, if you will. What? What's the question? Oh, wait, no, never mind. That was just the numbers. Okay. Uh, I was trying to look up who was the first one to have their number retired. Wait. Oh, I might have an answer. For the lease? I just can look yep. up. The- yep, the first ever number to be retired by the Toronto Maple Leafs organization was none other than number six by Ace Bailey. His number. Oh was- yeah, because his number was actually re- okay. Yes, that is correct. His right. number was retired after in February fourteenth of nineteen thirty four. Because the accident that when Eddie Shore hit him and cracked his head open and ended his playing career. That's correct. right. That was the first one. But the rest of them were just honors, except for Mr. Bailey. Yes, the late Ace Bailey. Yes, that that all I the rest forgot. of them were done in 2016. Yes, so technically Ace Bailey was first. The most recent Johnny Bauer. 
technically. Well, no, because he was at the end. He was yeah, the last he was, one. He was the last because one. They, because they knew that Johnny Bauer was going to get the biggest ovation in the world, and he deserved it. That was the most... Literally, I don't... I. That was the out of all the things I have seen in this game with puppies on the ice and nice little tributes to other players. It was the most adorable thing I think I've ever seen in my life. Watching Johnny Bauer just in the crowd, just because Johnny Bauer was at almost every game, but they show him on the screen. Everyone gives him a standing ovation because it was Johnny Bauer. Yeah. But Johnny Bauer, like one of the most memorable Leafs of all time. And literally would just. And he just breaks down because he's so happy because the fans love him. And, like, I don't – I just – it was it was Nothing's better than an adorable old man just being happy. He was so flipping happy. Like, Daryl Sittler. Hi, I'm Daryl Sittler. I'm – I know. Dave Keon. Hi, I'm Dave Keon. I hate it. Borg Salming. Borg Salming was kind of happy, too. Matt Sundin always with a smile on his face because Matt Sundin. Dougie Gilmore, uh, Wendell Clark, yeah, great ovation because they're great players. And just Johnny Bauer, just, yay. Yay. I'm a guy that, lo- everyone forgets, like, Johnny Bauer Hall of Fame career. He didn't win a cup until he was, like, 36. Yeah. He didn't really ma- become a full-time NHLer until his mid-30s. It was, like, he broke in in, like, the mid- in his mid-20s, late-20s of the Rangers, and he went back to the Barons and the AHL and dinked around well, there. Well, that was how it was for goalies back then. You, not, you not didn't really. Harry Lumley was signed as a 17-year-old. Well, no, I mean, unless you were there as, like, I, I guess forever. Well, uh, for the record, when— you, he, Unless you were signed forever and you just were, like, the guy, it, you were bounced around. It was tough in the original six era, agreed, and, of course, with the Rangers— Oh, well, the Rangers were— Bad. Of course, they had their moments with Gump Worsley and Chuck Rayner and goal. That's where I bounced. Bauer didn't get much of a chance there. And then he kind of bounced around the Myers, like we said. And then there really was no room on the Leafs because Turk Brada was one of the best goaltenders. The Canadians were busy going from Bill Dernan to Jacques Plant. The Wings had they went from Harry Lumley to Terry Sawchuk. I'm trying to think, oh, the Blackhawks were just awful. <laughs> I can't even remember who the Blackhawks goaltenders were. Boston, I believe, had uh, I think they had Tiny Thompson, Mister Zero, at that point. It was hard back then. There were there were 36 jobs for defensemen in the NHL. There were 72 forward positions. And most teams at that time really only, I mean, it wasn't until really Johnny Bauer became a full-time NHLer that they started implementing a backup goaltender. So by his time, there was finally 12 spots for goaltenders in that league. And I'm sure by the end of his career, there were more than 12 because there were 12 teams in the league. But it was it's just so weird to look back and just know that it took Johnny forever to get there, but he still is one of the best goaltenders to ever play the game. Correct. For the so many years that he played. Right. So, obviously, Roberto Luongo. Oh, yeah, Roberto Luongo. Yes. Roberto, we are on a soapbox here today. We are just, we made, see, it said, it said keep going straight on the highway. We decided to take an exit here and see the sights here in Brantford, Ontario. And then we're going to get back on the, and then we're going to hit the on route yeah. on the next one. Then we'll hit Hamilton. We'll go over there. We're just trying to get to Toronto here. I want to go to Hamilton. I've never. I'd, I'd love to go to a Tie Cats game, but it, it could not be against the Argos because I. Well, not even a Tie Cats game. Just like, just go there. I want to go. Well, I want to see how similar it is to like Grand Rapids because like Toronto is to Detroit what Hamilton. No, no, no. Toronto is to Detroit. The Toronto is like. Here's Detroit. Okay. Here's Toronto. Tyler, you have to remember: a, you have a bias, and b, okay, Detroit is more laid out. You, Toronto is very, very small in comparison. The GTA. It goes to Scarborough. 
It's 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 Tyler, like Minnes- you could say that Detroit goes all the way to Auburn Hills. Shut up. Well, it does, but it's a lot. I, I get I get what you're saying. What I'm saying is though, if you make a wrong turn coming out of the high, uh, Detroit downtown, you're in a bad spot. Toronto, Not you have anymore. to you have to make a couple turns to get out of Toronto to get into a bad spot. Yes, you have to go on the north side of Yonge no, Street. No, that's I know not true. Not and anymore. You got to go east side of Dundas. See, that's where your bias comes in. Detroit's gotten far better. They're still working on it, yes. But we parked in it when we went to the Tigers game. We were literally a block away from an area that I was like, "Do I really?" <laughs> Kelly and I looked at each other. It was like, "Kelly, do we, we really want to park here?" She's like, "It's ten bucks," and I'm like, "Okay." Okay, I mean, there to were there were two fair, guys. Though, there were two guys on the doorstep of whatever housing facility they lived in that were talking to us, and they seemed pretty cool. But I'm like, that's okay. just normal over there. You have yeah, to remember, it, well, yeah, it, yeah, it's different. Yeah, in, in a in a metro, in a, like a true metropolitan city where the housing is very very close to downtown. That's just how it is. And like, I mean, you have to remember for for the the Northview Wildcat like state finals and stuff at Ford Field. We parked literally at um, a, park, a, a, a parking lot next to the Detroit Penitentiary. That's just how it is. You yeah you that's go you go a block away. You got and that's we were about a block the opposite way from where you guys were at. It's a very it's a very weird area. It is growing. I will admit that. Of it's course, just it how it's planned out is just weird. I will give it that. It's like here's here's everything: Fox Theater, Comerica, the Little Caesars, Ford Field, and the Penitentiary. Yeah. The Dominican Sioux sign and penitentiary right next to the penitentiary. Well, what used to be the Dominican Sioux sign? Because they took it down. Yeah, well, I, I wonder why. It was only uh, how many years ago now? But when he was stomping players on the head? Yeah. Stomping, stomping on heads, stomping on legs, just stomping. Moving along. Moving along. Uh, Jim Benning. Bim Jenny. He uh, was actually supposed to be entering his final season with the Vancouver Canucks. Um, as general manager, and he just had his contract extended past next season. So. My, my buddy Fridge had to tell me about it first. He's not your buddy. He texted me, let me know, hey, just let you know, Benning's probably going to resign with the Vancouver Canucks. I'm going to put a tweet out here in a second. You're right. And freaking Bob, ta- Bob ta- McKenzie to ta- straighties with mom. That's, that's, yeah, that's it. No, Bob, Bob doesn't. No, he doesn't hang out with my mom that much. He he just spends time with his boys out in Margaritaville. He doesn't he doesn't need to hang out with any of my family. He's, he made that clear. I understand he's got his own personal biases, but Fridge was nice enough to tell me. I told him like Fridge, my work can't talk business right now, and he's like, yeah, I know, but I just had to let you know. I'm like, okay, thank you for the heads up, and then he tweeted it out. So he didn't. You he co- are a stinking <laughs> sack of horse dung. You sir are the worst. If we were hungry, yeah, there it is. Okay. In Germany, yep, yeah, yeah, no, you'd yeah, be yeah. the worst. Yeah, no, the bratwurst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny. Like, if I ever do meet Fridge, he's gonna be like, "Hey, Elliot, how's it going?" And I'm gonna tweet it out, like meeting my meeting up with my good buddy Fridge, and he's gonna be like, "Why are you tweeting that?" I'm like, "What the? Who the hell is this plug?" <laughs> be like, "Long story, Fridge. Fridge. We had this very irrelevant podcast, my brother and I did, and I for some reason said the very first episode, my buddy Fridge. Tyler, Tyler, <laughs> Elliot, I wrote you a poem." <laughs> Roses are red, violets are blue. My buddy, my buddy Fridge texted me, "How are you?" I'm gonna put that in Hallmark card. <laughs> Coming to a Canadian Hallmark card store near you with a side of chips. Here's the cheese. I, I, why can't we stick with the wine one? 
Bob McKenzie would appreciate that. Because I'm not we, 21 if, yet. If we, had cheese, if we had cheese with wine, maybe Bob would actually want to hang out with me, all right? Because then I know you got to have the TSN Sportsnet divide. I can hang out with Bob on Saturdays, Fridge on Fridays, because obviously Fridge is Hockey Night in Canada. Bob doesn't work Saturdays anymore. One well, last. No, because TSN doesn't really do Saturdays. Yeah. Because they realize that there's no way their numbers will go anywhere up. No. They have games that maybe during the day, Jets games, because. For some reason, the Sens and Jets have TSN, and then yeah. every other team has Sportsnet. The Leafs play on TSN, obviously, because you have to. Because shoot, no matter what, no matter what anyone says, it's the Leafs, TSN or Sportsnet doesn't matter. Their people are going to watch them. Right. I mean, it's kind of the similar situation of like NBC Sports and Fox Sports. It's just how it is. It depends on regional coverage. Yeah. So <clears throat> Jim Benning probably should get in. Yes. So how does get this affect there. the fact that Brock Besser is going to get traded for Mitch Marner? Oh, boy. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm not going to dive into that because there has to be a lot involved for both sides. But you know what? Jim showed some promise here and there, but it's... Is there really no one else available? Because I get it. Yes, he signed Antoine Roussel and Jay Beagle for too gosh darn much money. I get that. But there is something to look forward to with this hockey club. They should be a better team. They should be in the playoff hunt in March, not in November, in March. Maybe February even, no, depending March. on how they no, play. No, March. I want March. It, March, if they can be in the hunt by March, if they can be within a couple wins out of the final wild card spot in March, that's an improvement. Because they've always been a team that starts off so well, they're in the top three through American Thanksgiving, and they just hit this wall. I, I mean, what, they do eat too much turkey in American Thanksgiving? Do they have two Thanksgivings because they're so close to Seattle? I don't know. But the point of the matter is they should be better. And if Benning can just make some right moves here and there, if he can just stick with the plan, continue with the process, this Vancouver team should be a playoff team in a couple of years. They should be, yeah. And I, I mean, he just here, can't, here's he just the can't thing. make any dumb, blind contract signings like he did with Beagle and Roussel. If you can dump those contracts sooner rather than later, that'd be great. I think he will be able to eventually further down the line. Obviously, he'll have to throw some extra sugar on there. but um, No, too much sugar will cause a sugar crash, Alex, just like they always crash in December. <laughs> it's for all the, the Christmas candy. Well, especially what with also with what you have left over from Halloween and what, you, what Grandma gave you at Thanksgiving. See, that's just my thing, Alex. That's, Ooh, that's why I don't eat sweets. Sweet, oh, sweet potatoes. I just, oh, sweet potatoes. See, that's why I don't eat... That's oh. why I don't sweet socks. I want the sugar crash. Okay, I don't... I just get a greasy tummy. I don't like I just sweets get a, too I, I much just get a greasy, I just get a greasy tummy ache. I go to sleep. I wake up the next day. I go for a run. I feel a lot better. You can't do that with sweets, Alex. That's how you get diabetes. Okay, as long as you... Moderate, moderately, moderate. Yeah, you got to eat moderately. You're trying to figure out the word there, Alex. It was the tization part. I was we, like, we, we're looking for the. Here's the dictionary. Here, what's another word for decently or I need in moderate modera- in moderation, moderately, moderatization, moderate, moteratize. We're moderatizing our diet. We are moderatized and monetized. We Just kidding. Def- we, are we are not. We are not monetized. Remember that whole deal with uh, that Baron Blade you're talking about? Yeah, that thing fell through the floor. Baron Blade. That thing got literally. Remember the remember the the what was it? Little John song, you know, turned down for what? That music video where all the family falls through the floor. Yeah, that was our monetization. <laughs> through the floor. Turn pay up for what? Whatever the hell that song goes. Um, but yeah, Jim Benning. Bim Jenning. 
We should I th- probably keep moving. I on. think I think he's been doing good. I think he's. I mean, just look at the young talent they got. Ob- obviously, it's gonna be a long show today. Oh, it's not gonna be too long. We're at forty-five minutes, Alex. I mean, we the soapbox kind of got us. Yep. The, the multiple soapboxes. Original six teams don't get us started. So I think. No offense to Mike McKenna, I love him, but he made some tweets about his leg. Go look at his. Go look page. at Mike Mc- at Mike McKenna fifty six. He posted a couple pictures of an in season bruise that he had when he took a puck in the back of the leg because he was a goaltender that wasn't paying attention. And it Freaking got pretty goalies. bad. Well, it's a mixture of Freaking play- goalies. It's a mixture of the player not paying attention to the goaltender and the goaltender not paying attention to himself. It's a double whammy. He had a big bruise. Whammy. Sorry, we have, we have stuff going on. We have stuff going on today. Mike, I tweeted out that we're going to talk about it. Don't take it personally. If you want to talk to us, follow us. Tweet us at the Kill Podcast. Tell us you want to chat. I'll get you on the show. No problem. I will talk to a goaltender that catches with the wrong hand. Mike, I wrote you a poem. <laughs> Roses are red, violets are blue. So, so is, is the, the back of your leg. <laughs> so is that back of the leg. Oh, boy, what a bruise. Coming to a Canadian Hallmark. Wait, is he with the Flyers still? Uh, yes, he, he's, with the, he's with the No, he's Bell. not. Is he? I thought so. Or is he? No, is he still a UFA? Because he he finished last year after that whole carousel and circus that he was going around. Because when he was isn't he with Ottawa? No, he was with Ottawa. Got traded to Vancouver for Nilsson, and then he got quickly dumped to waivers. And the Flyers picked him up. Then he had those weird black pads. I think he's still a free agent though. McKenna. Mike McKenna. Look him up on Cap Friendly. Mike McKenna. He is. Yeah, he's an unsigned UFA right now. Okay, UFA. All right, Mike, come on our show. We'll promote the heck out of you, even though, like I said, you catch with the wrong hand. We'll make it work for you. Hey, you know what? I think the Kalamazoo Wings in a goaltender. Yeah. Yeah, come play, come play over here. I'll, I'll Come play for the ECHL associate of the team you used to play for. No, he didn't even play for him. He was there for, like, that long of a break. He was there for oh, that long. Jesus Christ. He was put on waivers immediately. Um, so let's We got Thatcher Demko, Mikey DPH are coming up. We don't need this. Moving. Oh yeah, that's right. Keep her moving. Uh, so Sorry, the Mike. state of New York ape approved the New York Islanders new arena. Thank goodness. The one in Belmont Park. It's going to be a $1.3 billion development. It's going to be right behind the racetrack. Which is actually, well, it's perfect because it keeps it in Nassau County, which is important. It is very Because important. the fan base majority are there. Even though, yes, the fans made out to Barclay Center because it's the playoffs. You pay a dumb amount of money and you take the Long Island Highway and the subway into town. Right. But you're keeping it where the fans are. Obviously, you can't keep it at Nassau Coliseum, which sucks because that arena is just so unique. But with the development that this arena is going to have, it's not just a barn, Alex. Hold the phone. I am excited. Can I do these details? Yeah, that's why. Well, first of all, Lamorello was the one that kept saying we need the team to stay in Nassau County. That's why it was proposed in Belmont Park because it's a growing area. It's a nice area. It's a classy area. Mm. Classy. For got, Lou Lamorello have, and have, his freaking mob. You got the, the mob. We got the, we got the racetrack here. We have the islanders here. And more to talk about, Alex. Yeah, no, the reason why Lou Lamorello wanted it there is that way he could control the tracks and the hockey. <laughs> He's controlling everything. Behind the scenes, Lou Lamorello is just a bookie. That's it. That's all he does. And uh, if we don't have a show next week, guys, please call the local authorities because we'd probably be abducted by a certain individual with putting... You know, Lou Lamorello's got us, guys! Well, he's so, going to have us. Uh, these details that I'm going to say to you. 
I don't agree with the first part because I'm about I'm all about smaller arenas, but this is kind of exciting. No, so I, I will. I, here's what I'll put it this way, Alex: twenty thousand is the big size. This is good. Continue. Part near, or excuse me, as, as Katie says, part near. Well, nineteen thousand is what the. Can first, I get into the details? Okay. Or what? Well, you're not. You're delaying. You're saying I don't agree with this, but get to the point. So the uh, development should be completed in time for the uh, NHL 2021-22 season. So after the lockout. Shut up. Uh, the project includes a 19,000 state-of-the-art arena with a 250-room hotel with which they will have a shopping center, restaurants, and all-new parking. Which, well, okay, to be fair, in that area, there's a lot of room for parking. Absolutely. It's not like a downtown metro area where it's like, okay, parking ramp. Where do we go? Where are we supposed to go? We got, hey, over there. Is that a parking spot over there? No, it's 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 an area where you can park. And Absolutely. Now, granted, it's going to be like 45, 50 bucks. Oh, yes. That's, that's just how they it gotta, is. They got to pay the bills. It's $1.3 billion, ladies and gentlemen. Now, they, alongside this, will have a new full-time. Did you mean to write Belmont or is that actually how it's? It's actually an Elmont station. Yep, so f- new full-time Elmont station right alongside the Long Island Railroad. So it's a people It's a people mover. It is a people mover. It takes you in and out. It takes you from the city, takes you to further in Nassau of, County. For all of the Islanders fans that were in Brooklyn, now they can get out to the island. Yeah, all those Brooklyn fans, Alex, those 10,000 of them, yes. Yes. Alex, there's more Griffins fans on a Friday night than there were at Barclays Center for the Islanders. Just that, saying. That's sad. Uh, This was all approved in July with the developers bearing 92% of the estimated $105 million cost of station construction. And that's just for the station construction That's for the railroad, yes. So this is good because... $1.3 billion plus $105 million or so. This really started out because this trend that we're experiencing really started with the Edmonton Oilers, with Rogers Arena. How so? Adding more to the arena, not just the rink. They, I agree. Continue. The, so the last real arena that I could say that was actually built before Edmonton, off the top of my head, I want to say was. Oh gosh, now I'm gonna. I don't. I don't. I don't want to backtrack here. But I'm not gonna include Barclays Center because Barclays Center was not built for hockey. But in terms for an NHL team, I want to say, Scotiabank Arena. Or Staples Center was, I believe, the last arenas. Well, and I got the list right here to be built. I'm because I'm curious and when the last one was built, or not, and not T-Mobile either. No, because well, T-Mobile was a little different because the, T-Mobile is in Las Vegas. So Rogers Place was built in 2016. It was it was finished. Oh, Rogers! Wait, Rogers Place is for the Oilers? Correct. So Rogers Arena is Vancouver. Yes, that is correct. Good Lord. Rogers, just figure it out or something, please. It's, it's like baseball and, then and fifth. there's Rogers Center with a sky. Tyler. Just, what? It's like fifth, it's like fifth third and fifth baseball. Third, fifth third. And, and minor league baseball. Minor we league got base. fifth third ballpark. We got fifth third field. We fifth, got fifth third, fifth third ballpark third field in, house. In, in Virginia or whatever. Yeah, we got fifth third ballpark in Roanoke, Virginia. Hot lock tickets to your Wednesday game. Uh, sir, we don't have a Wednesday Continue. Are you sure we got... <laughs> Needless to say, I had a great conversation on the phone with someone from Virginia the other day. So not a fan either. <laughs> uh, just quickly, Little Caesars Arena was in 2017. T-Mobile go, Arena go. was in 2016. Rogers Place was in 2016. 
Before that was the Barclays Center in 2012, but we're not counting that. Because it was not built for the Islanders. Correct. But the most recent building besides Barclays Center before Rogers Place was the PPG Paints Arena in oh, Pittsburgh. right. With finished construction in after, 2010. After the Igloo, that's correct. So, or F Mellon Arena, pardon me. So that was probably the last rink that was built for just the arena. And I can and I say that, obviously T-Mobile, but T-Mobile is being built because Las Vegas needed an arena. They did. You can't keep doing boxing matches and MMA fights in the MGM Grand Hotel. It was getting a little bit bigger than that. So I mean, they'll still do it. Yes, but what I'm saying is like that's why they built the arena, so they could have bigger fights. But with the idea of what's going on now and the trend that started with the Oilers is they're adding more stuff to the rink. There You're is right. shops, there are restaurants. You say it with Little Caesars. How many restaurants are outside Little Caesars Arena or connected to it? Excuse me. Uh, At least out- five. There's Kid Rocks. There's Sport and Social. There's Il- you know, Mike's Pizzeria. Hockey Town the- Cafe. No, no, connected to the rink. Oh, connected to the rink. Yes. Oh. But then there, there's like a market. There's a brewery. There's so much other stuff around it. There's an upstairs bar. Oh, there, yeah. And it's just well, sports bar area. Correct. Well, that's a, that's like part of like the arena facilities. But I'm saying yeah, like stuff I think they call it the three one three something like that. Oh, with the one that was like all Michigan Tech fans. When we yes, went to the GLI. That one. I'll be I'll be honest with you. I was really like that was an odd, odd game we went to see Michigan Michigan Tech. I'm like, who do we? Ch-? I, like you love Michigan Tech because they're just they're passionate fans. But they, we're Michigan guys. So they it's like, travel. They travel. Well, shoot. If, if I lived in Houghton, I'd want to get out of there too. Yikes. <laughs> That's how bad it is. But but they're so cool anyway. Long story short, then then you see this idea with the Islanders. All right, we're going to have an arena, but we're going to have a hotel. Kind of like the Marriott that's connected to the Sky Dome. Yeah. Sort of like that. I don't know if they're going to have any rink view seats, but point of the matter is it's like, you know, it's right there. It's right in the area. It's a growing area. Then they're going to have a restaurant, a, a mall, a train station that's going to it, parking, which is obviously a big deal. We're starting to see this trend that if you have space, use it. Absolutely. Don't just build an arena. Build an experience. Don't just build somewhere where you have events. On top of that? Build something that the people can go to. Build an atmosphere. Yes. So my little soapbox about this, being the, the student at Davenport University, sports management, whatever, whatever, this is the one thing that we talk about specifically with promotions and fan engagement. It's it's harder nowadays to sell people merely on a hockey game. For example, if you have a, a game like Toronto versus Detroit or, or – In Detroit or, or Toronto? In Toronto. Okay. Or if you have – or even better yet, a Toronto versus Montreal game. All the die-hard die hockey fans will always go out to that because That's it's a, a it's a packed house. Well, it's Tr- a, it's well, Toronto's always a packed house, anyways. But even when they were bad, but right. That being said, though, if you bring in a situation where every single game is more than just a uh, arena, it's more than just a game. It's an atmosphere. I will say this, and I, I say this with all due respect to you, Mister Tyler Keel, Mister completely obsessed with the Leafs. I loved going to go watch the Maple Leafs at what was Air, Can- Air Canada Center, now Scotiabank Arena. Little Caesars was better. Oh, absolutely. And I'm not going to deny that. Purely, in the on, purely on the fact of awe factor. It was, that was it. It was something when, like... When, the- I went, when I went to the Air Canada Center... Okay, Scotia, when I went to Scotiabank Arena to watch the Leafs with you... When they got their butts whipped. <laughs> 
Butt swept. Yeah. It, got, it was like seven it, to two, something like no, that. No, five right? to one. Remember they scored oh. like like twenty seconds. We're like, yeah, Rick Martin. We just, we didn't get shut out. But needless to say, up in the way up top. Yeah, because second row is cheap. Um, but when I went there, I was like, okay, this is kind of familiar because it felt like a hockey arena. I was going there for a game. Go to the GLI with um, you know you, Uncle Alex and Katie. You guys almost was, got sick. Uh, no, Katie got sick. I was fine. Alex was also there's like, man, I need to go. I need to, I need to get out of here. But but needless to say, I, I was I was expecting to go in there because I've never seen Little Caesars like in person before. Like I've seen a couple things. I was like, okay, it's probably just in one little corner, whatever. You walk in there. You have and you, you walk around the building. You walk around. You could you I, could I personally it, told myself this and I, I told, you know, Katie this. If we ever go there again, we're going at least two hours early. You got to get before dinner. warm-ups. You got to get dinner. Well, I'm obviously you're gonna eat there, but just to walk, I want to go there to walk. Like it, it really is you, like you really are on the. It's one- it's what people are starting to call the Vatican concept, where it is a. It's an ecosystem inside not, of an ecosystem. It's not a religious thing. It's no, just, no, no. It's, it's a, merely a comparison. You merely a comparison. Nobody where, walks to the Vatican for mass. They walk to the Vatican to see. Well, both. Well, yes, but tourists. Tourists. For thinking. tourism effect, yes. It's, it's, it really is like a city inside of a city, and it, it is amazing what they've done. I always vouch for small arenas, but that's only for, like, that that's only the case of okay if it's a hockey arena purely to hold the team, it doesn't that need to was, be huge. That was the Joe Louis. Of course, then again, that was that was the, the that was built in the late seventies. Correct. It was bi- built purely for that team. It was this, purely this for was, the Red Wings. The, this rink, the Little Caesars, was built for a fan experience. Edmonton was the same way as well. You don't just have the rink there, you know, with some murals on the wall or some some things here and there and some shops. It is. This it's a village is what it feels like. It really is. And I and here's the thing: when Kelly and I went to the game too, we just we went up to our seats because we we didn't know where to go. It was just like there's so much. Now, granted, we sat on the second floor and mainly up there. There's like a couple bars, of course, but you go on the concourse, and I literally said, I'm "Like I love the I love the Scotia Bank Arena. I love the city of Toronto, and I love that, and I understand that." But I went to Detroit, and I was like, "Holy smokes!" The ACC felt like it was built 30 years ago. I mean, that's how old it felt compared to Little I mean, Arena. It had been. They had the had all these murals and the brick walling and the old Olympia sign going down the side, and of course they saw the statues of Gordy, Del Vecchio, Lindsay. It was just awe-inspiring, and that's what they're trying to build here in the new Belmont Arena. I, I want to. I, I, I don't know what they're going to call it. If they're going to call it Belmont Arena or what? Or well, I'm. I'm. It's, they don't call it Bob Nystrom Arena. <laughs> They're going to give it. Or they're going to Arbor Arena. They're go, they're going to name it whoever the building sponsor is. They, you know what they should call it? They'll probably should, they should do what Michigan does with the Yost Red Barons and Ice Rink at Yost Ice Arena. I forget what they do it. Red Barons and Ice at Yost Ice Arena. I forget how they do it in Ann Arbor, but they should do something like it would be wrong to not call it something. You know, Al Arbor Arena at Belmont Park. Nah. Because well, you in Baltimore, Oreos Park at Camden Yards. That's what they, that's technically the name of it. You still call it maybe Belmont Park or whatever, but you want to have something with. Hey, who am I kidding? It's going to be some corporate name. <laughs> it's well, gonna, yeah, it, it's it, going to be some dumb. Corp- if if well, because you also have to remember though, with baseball, completely different beast. 
Like that'd be like saying it's well, Lou Lamarillo has always been a baseball guy though. Well, correct, but that'd be like if if for some weird reason the West Michigan Whitecaps wanted to decide to change the name, it would be Old Kent Field at Fifth Third Ballpark. Old Kent Park. Old Kent Field at Fifth Third Ballpark. Alex, Old Kent Old Kent was a bank. Yes. That became Fifth Third because Fifth Third bought him out. Yes. I, I am completely aware. I know how that worked. But you Old, call- Old Kent Park was what it was called. So if you called it Old Kent Field or if you called it... Back when they were associated with the Oakland Athletics. Or I don't, I don't know if you call Did it... You Pick it up. You're spilling coffee it's everywhere. It, it's empty. No, it's rolling it's over empty. right now. It's rolling Yeet. right now. Kick it back over to you. Gra- take care of your trash. It's it's like if they Classless. Call it, they called it Brandon Inge Field at Fifth Third Ballpark. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's the most famous player to ever come out of the Whitecaps. You're not wrong. What are you going to call it? Robert Fick? <laughs> that, there's a name for you. Chet Lemon Field. At I'm just saying, that's the best name in, baseball, in the history of the Tigers organization. I don't care what anyone says. Danny McLean, all these great names. Kirk Gibson. No. Robert Fick. There's a name. Should we get back to hockey? We should. Let's. I think we should move on here. Yeah, but no, it's it's gonna be really fun. I want. That's gonna be one of the places where I want to go. But then again, I'm the kind of guy that's. I want to go to every single hockey arena. I want to go to every arena too. But the only reason why, the only way I'll ever get to every arena is become a broadcaster. Because guess what, Alex? It's hard to travel in season. Or you just have to get a really good job. Well, like it's like you'd have to be. A sports journalist be able to go to each rink. And that's what Perks Financial Broadcaster job. You get to go to every rink at least once in the season. There you go. East and West. Um, moving on here. So, uh, talking about all this good stuff. And let's get let's take a hard deep dive into sadness and depression. So there's this thing that happened, and sportsnet.ca posted a really good article on this. Um, this was just from the Associated Press there. Um, the Swedish hockey players, the women's team to be specific, um, they are boycotting training and the uh, upcoming tournament over a pay dispute. So uh, all of the top female players on the Swedish, blah, 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 the Swedish, Swedish, the Swedish. Need more? Are you sure that coffee you didn't spill it everywhere? You only got you only more. got me a medium. You didn't give me a large. Well, so. you didn't ask. I didn't know. I just had to make sure what sandwich you had. Oh, for Pete's sake! And give me the wrong donut. You said you said chocolate glaze. A, ch- you, a no, chocolate you, glaze. You said chocolate glaze, and you wanted like a, a re- chocolate, you wanted chocolate donut with chocolate frosting. No, frosting and glazed are two different things. No, I wanted a regular donut, nice and light brown, very plush. You wanted old fashioned, is what you with wanted. Chocolate glaze on top. There's no chocolate frosting. Whatever. You're wrong. Back to hockey. Uh, top female players of Sweden are refusing to attend their training camp this past uh, Thursday uh, or to play in the upcoming international tournament that is being held in Finland just based on wanting to get better compensation for their time. Um, this was been, or the Swedish Ice Hockey Federation said it had been informed of the looming boycott but uh, was surprised at the decision itself. Yeah, surprised that players want better money. This is kind of similar to what happened in 2017 for the World Championships for the U.S. team. Correct. They wanted, you know, higher pay, and obviously there's still obviously a lot going on with the U.S. women's soccer team. But what happened with the 27 American team, they reached a four-year agreement with USA Hockey. They were Their pay was up to 4000 a month, which was about 71000 annually, and which goes up to 129000 in Olympic years because, well, obviously the Olympics are a big deal, right. especially when the NHLers aren't going. Absolutely. So, and... 
So this is kind of like this, you know, continuing on with this movement and stuff like that. And the fact of the matter is, we're still not at a point where women's hockey is a full-time gig. No. Because obviously... Not yet. I'm not going to get back into the NWHL, CWHL stuff, because trust me, I can beat that dead horse for days, and you know it. That's true. So having Sweden boycott... 43 players, by the way. This is not just, you know, a 20-man roster. This is 43 players, which includes reserves and 20-player roster. What? 20-player roster. 20-player roster, but 43 players that are in the program are all boycotting. Yeah. So they have zero options here, and which they need to do. Erica Graham put out a very, very long statement about it for the team. I think a couple other players retweeted as well. It is in Swedish, so I'm sorry if I can't, can't exactly translate it for you folks. But the point of the matter is, is that they want a better pay, and they deserve to. You are the top players in your country. You deserve to be treated like that. And, and, I, and I hate to say this, and I remember you thought it was the men's team for a second. I almost kind of laughed because let's be honest, Alex, the men's national teams in any, almost any country don't really have a problem with that. Sweden is a hockey powerhouse, a world hockey powerhouse. It's one of their national sports. Yes, yes that and soccer are probably their two biggest sports. And, I, and, and their, their snow sports. Well, yeah, I guess. Yes, I agree. Well, yes, like snowboarding and stuff like that. But in terms of team sports. Soccer and hockey are the two biggest things. Yeah. The hardest part is to look at it and say, why isn't, you know, why aren't they getting treated that way? And it's just because of the fact that for the longest time, and it's still up this way, women's sports, I'm not just saying women's hockey, women's sports has been viewed in a, less, in a lesser light than the male sports. That is, that is true. And that's just, and that's the, and you can't just say, why wasn't this? It's, it's, it's the way of evolution of humanity. Back in, they shoot, 28. There's a reason why women had to protest a vote, because it's how it works. So now they're trying to... Or how it has worked. How it has worked. Yes, you're right. So that, this is why they're stepping up and saying, we deserve better pay. And that's, this is how you have to do it. It is. You can't just ask, you know, write an email out, can you please give us a little more money and, you know, just keep playing. Like, you know, whenever you get a second, no, you have to stand up and you have to make a bold statement. Right. It's just, it's just like, it's the same situation if, if... Emphasis on if. I-F. I-F. Not I-I-H-F. Just if. Well, we don't need to talk about those guys. The NHL were to have a lockout. It would just be like if the the NHL were to have a lockout. It's a group of individuals that want certain things to go and towards their direction for, in, in Erica Graham's case, to develop and create better conditions, to show encouragement and respect, and to, you know, come just, just to not have unreasonable requests, but to have things that would be considered fair in comparison to possibly what the men get. Now, um, I don't have the specific number of what the wage is for the Swedish national men's team. Do you have that by chance? I do not. Well, don't forget, half the players play in the Swedish elite league or somewhere in Europe or in the NHL. Right. So let's put it this way. They don't need it. They're fine. And these women, the women's national team, they have jobs. They are just like, they are like the NWHL. They get a stipend. They stipend. Get s- stipend. What, stipend? Stipend. Yeah. They get some cash. Some. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's you're, a monthly but you're payment. At, but you're asking them to take away from their time where they're getting paid probably more than they're playing hockey. Right. To go to a tournament that, well, I need to work these days and I need the money. So, compensate me. And this is the way you have to do it. Eventually, you you have to thank the Swedish 
national, the, the Swedish Ice Hockey Federation has to buckle eventually. They have to agree with them because, listen, you want your best players to compete so you look good on the national stage. You have to pay them. You have to pay them like that. Now, granted, yes, it's tough for Sweden and Finland to really compete because U.S. and Canadian development, they have USC Hockey backing them and Hockey Canada backs the Canadian team. Right. Because they do it in an incredible way. They really go full force with it. I don't know how it is over in Europe, but, of course, Finland making it to the gold medal game last year where they got screwed. And the Swedish team, was it a, in, the 20, in the 2006 games when they made it to the finals, the Olympic games, they made it to the finals against Canada? Yeah. They're, they have flashes, but you need to treat them like they're the top athletes in your country if you want them to perform like that. That That's true. And I'm, I'm not saying like, oh, that's, that's the reason why they should get paid. They should get paid because they are taking, I mean, this is their, they want to make it a livelihood. They should be compensated that way. And you want it to be, you want the Swedish program to be better, treat them better. Right. Treat them like they are your best players. If you treat Which them like they are, if you treat them like they are less than that, guess what? You're not going to have the best because they're not going to be able to afford to go play. They're not going to be able to afford to, you know, go out of their way to, you know, I'd rather work than go play because I need the money because they have bills to pay. Right. Let's put it this way. Swedish tax is very, very high. Yeah. For <laughs> those of you that are at home and you're thinking, oh, well, $4,000 per, you know, obviously 4000 U.S., Yes. Just just make make that perfect. That, that's clear. what that's what the American women's team got paid. Yeah. Four thousand US per month. So rounding about that's a lot more than I seventy one thousand annually. It's like, oh yeah, that no I mean for one person that should be fine. That's you also, well you over, also have that's, to remember that's well over the, twice of what I make. <laughs> the cost of living is far higher in Sweden and that doesn't include tax. Exactly. So these players deserve to get the compensation. I'm glad they they're. Do. I'm glad they're taking a stand for themselves, and I'm glad it's making worldwide press because it's saying, "Hey, it's not just the U.S. women's soccer team that's being annoying about it. It's not just the U.S. women's national hockey." And it's team not even being annoying. I'm not it's saying, just, sorry, I'm not saying annoying because we'll, okay, some people have that perception of them. They do, but what I'm saying is, is like it's not just one country that's having this issue. It's everybody. This is going. This is a worldwide deal. Right. This is not just women's in the United States, not just women in Canada. It is women in Sweden. I'm sure Finland's going to have something. I mean, I don't know exactly what the circumstances are in Finland, but they're going to step up. I guarantee it. They're, this movement's going to continue. It's not just a hashtag, you know, Me Too movement for a couple of years. This is going to keep going, and it's going to evolve and continue onward and continue to grow. It's going to push women's sports, and that's what I'm yes. happy about. Yes, Women's National Hockey League. WNBA has got, I guarantee the WNBA, I've seen, at least I'm just going through, scrolling through my guide, has had more coverage in the last couple of years than they've they had really in the last have. 10. Here's the thing, though. I'm Okay, so with working at a sports team, you watch more sports. It's just watch how it is. Sports ball. Specifically, baseball. However, so one thing that I never knew that they did until this year, Little League Softball World Series. They, they've done, It's it's not as... Big is obviously it's not as big. It's it's obviously it hasn't been you know around as far as long as the little league you know boys world series little league world series yep baseball Um, world series baseball world series but this this is this push in women's sports is phenomenal very positive very it's very it's been working at, at all fronts and I think personally. This will be the savior of sports. The it's funny if you bring out 
more of a fan base for women's sports, not only something that obviously, you know, little girls or women can get behind, but guys love sports too. Yeah. I, I mean, Let's come on. Think the about last it. two women's world soccer, the FIFA women's world cup have been probably the two biggest events of that kind since the 99 one when Brandy Chastain ripped off her shirt. Yeah. It's probably the two biggest turn. It's, and I, I couldn't tell you who won in 2011, even though it was a great final between the Americans and Japan. I know that, but I, that's the only reason why I know is because I've, you know, you look at the history of it, but I couldn't tell you watching it. I watched 2015 one in Canada contently. Why? Cause well, it was in Canada and Canada had a really good team that year. And the, they got beat by England and then the Americans kicked the crap out of Japan in the final. Right. This year, Holy cow, Canada has a good team, but here come the Americans, and it was just, it was a fun tournament to watch. Right, and this this has been kind of happening in the women's, more in the women's in, world championships. Oops, there goes my bag. There you go. Women's world championships in hockey have been some of the best in the last few years. Of course, in the last one, and the women's gold medal game. Shootout nonetheless, but it's exciting. It's fun to watch. It's not just, oh, it's this, it's the other hockey that I guess we can watch because the men aren't playing right now. No, it, you want to watch it. I mean, because it's, it's fun. It's good. It's great talent. Right. And the he, best in the world. Here, here is where the kicker is. It's been going on with multiple sports. For example, the big one I would say that kind of played a key role was tennis, the Williams sisters, especially in the United States. The Serena and Venus Williams playing absolutely phenomenal tennis, being the faces of women's tennis for, for years and years and years, and it's spreading like the plague. And, and, I, and Maria Sharapova like for a couple years there. Absolutely. just Even though she was clearly... Well, okay. I'm not going to get into that whole PED thing. Sorry. Women's hockey, women's soccer, you know, women's, women's rugby even, it's... Everything's just progressing more and more and more, and... It's really going to give, A, the sports market a far bigger, you know, platform to use because you have, you know, even more that you can push money into, which, by the way, you should have been pushing money into it far before this, but you also have a bigger audience you can get into because, you know, it's not just, um, you know, Tina from Nova Scotia, who is watching Sidney Crosby on the television. It's going to be Tina from Nova Scotia watching, watching Marie-Philippe Poulin or Hillary Knight. I mean, I know that obviously on they're... primetime TV. And obviously they're, and they're going towards the end of their careers, but, but the talented. new wave will be coming in. And look, and look at the, look at this past week, Bianca and Andreescu winning the Rogers cup, the first Canadian woman to do it in 50 well, years. It's the, it was the most watched tennis event. I think in, I believe they said one of the most one of the most watched tennis matches in the history of Canada, because obviously a Canadian being involved in it. Well, yes, but and for such a smaller tournament too, it's and the the Wimbledon final was incredible, and it's just it's going in the right direction. We should definitely keep. I'm not trying to run yeah. through this, but we got to keep moving. We, we, we do have to keep moving. A we bit have here. a little bit to talk about here. Um, yeah, we just have a busy day today. Uh, with that being said, um. Do we want to get into RFA holdup, or do we want to possibly go on to that for next week? We should. I think we should talk about line A. We'll talk about line A. We'll do the more of the RFA holdup for for next week, possibly. Yes. So, because um, we're probably not going to do one next Saturday. Line we'll probably A, do one during the week. Line A did a interview. Um, was that with Chris Johnson as well? The yes, interview. Chris Johnson, who definitely needs to change his profile picture or his his Sportsnet profile picture. It's like him clean shaving and stuff like that. I'm like, Chris, just you, you have a beard. Yeah. So show it. Um, 
he had an article in an interview with Patrick Laine talking in ab- Latte, Finland. Yep, talking about uh, obviously at a, at a ring, probably where he's been training this off season. Just talking about you know, um, you know what what do you think about this year? You know, are, are you are you excited? How have you been preparing? Do, do you has th- not been signed still? Do you think you'll be playing in Winnipeg next year? And this this is one of the quotes um, from that interview. Uh, this is Line A speaking. Uh, quote. Well, you never know. It's still business. You've got to be prepared for anything. But yeah, yeah, you never know where you're going to play next year. So I'm just prepared for anything. That that was just end funny. of quote. Where? Well, no, it was funny. Chris Johnson replied with, well, hold on, "Do no. you think it'll be Winnipeg?" And he said, "Or, or do you think it'll be Winnipeg?" Well, let's go. Let's go. Let's say with the first quote here. Okay, fine. That's the most hockey answer you could do because you obviously want to say, "Oh, you know, it's still business." Blah blah blah. I'm like, no. Just, I, what are the talks? He's trying to, this is obviously Chris Johnson going journalism, just getting there. I'm like, what's the status? What's going on here? Are you waiting for Marner? What's the deal? And Lion A is just being like, I'm, uh, not, uh, giving, I'm not giving you anything. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. It was literally blur. It was a flop of glunk and sticky putty just thrown into a mixture of a bowl and thrown into a cake. And here is the story I'm giving you here, a baked pie of dog dung. Big pile of nothing. Big pile of nothing. And everyone's listening to the nothing. And then he, he, so, and then obviously Chris Johnson was like, well, do you think you're going back to Winnipeg? And Line A responded with, quote, well, I've got nothing bad to say about Winnipeg, you know? It's been good so far, but you never know, so that's kind of my comments, end quote. Does he not know the cameras are rolling? Bas- Hello? Basically, Earth to Line A. I don't think he wants Hockey. to go back to Winnipeg. I'm going to tell you right now, pro hockey relations, PR relations, 101, play fun games made it. Answer the question the same way you answer every other question. Oh, you know, you know, it's bad. I've got nothing bad to say about Winnipeg. Why the heck would you say? Holy cow, the immaturity of this kid just, his, you know, because he didn't talk It's not necessarily. It went imma- from here to down through the floor, because clearly you don't just, you don't say that, Alex. It's not immaturity. That's not what it is. It's just trying to answer the question most vaguely as possible, even though you're clearly saying something that we're easily picking up on here. It was it was a PR slip up. Some, it wasn't a PR slip up. It was a no, no, no. Freud, it, it, it was it a, most it was certainly a was. Straight, it was a straight Freudian slip, without saying that you didn't want to go back to Winnipeg. It, yeah, it was the same way as Aunt Heather calling her baby an it. <laughs> it poops a lot. What? It poops a lot. I'm. That's. It's just. And this was a clearly a poop of a comment from Patrick Lining. You're not wrong there. It was just. Jets fans, if they're, I don't. I'd like to know what the vibe is right now. Obviously, with Marner not doing anything here in Toronto, it's been pretty dead because well, there's really nothing going on. But you hear. Imagine if you're a Jets fan and you're really investing a lot into Patrick Lining. He is a top player on your team. Yeah, he had a down year, but all of a sudden he says, I got nothing bad to say about Winnipeg. But you're kind of like avoiding the question. That isn't at, really at that a, point he's saying, I don't have anything bad to say. Bad I'm, to say about it's, I, I, just, it's more, I don't dislike Winnipeg. I just don't want to go back there. It sounds literally like I don't care where I play. I just want to play type deal, but it's... It's always hard to tell because players are so good at hiding stuff that goes on in the locker room. Like, I've been in a locker room where there's been pressers before, and players have disdain for each other. They'll just say what they need to say, get the media out of there, blah, blah, blah. 
he is clearly answering this question, trying to sound as vague as possible, but li- pretty much putting it out there that he really could care less if it was Winnipeg that he signed that he ended up signing with. Is Patrick Liney the guy that sits out next year? It, is he, Patrick Liney the guy be. that doesn't have an opportunity? Because guess what? I don't know if Kevin Shevel. I don't know what his value is right now after last season. Can she- can Kevin Sheveldayoff really get anything back for him? I don't know if he can. Two million dollars. It's gonna have to be a severe. No, you don't start throwing contract numbers out there. The point is, is he's clearly made it known now. He's made it very apparent that he doesn't care if he goes back to Winnipeg. Unless he puts up, unless he does sign a bridge deal and puts up forty goals next year. You thought Jake Gardner got booed in Toronto. Patrick Laine is going to feel the wrath of the whiteout. You think Toronto Maple Leafs fans are passionate. Go to a Jets game and tell me how well that goes over. Yeah. It's, they are hardy people. Yeah. They are very... The planes, man. They, it's the planes. You get out planes there. Planes and the Jets. <laughs> that was good. You, that was you good. Can, you can just go... That was just, good. You can just go walk upstairs. I don't know how... What does this do for the chemistry of the team? What does this do for the vibe of the locker room? You obviously now are going to have to try to amend some relationships here because imagine if, if you're Blake Wheeler. If you're the captain, you come into training camp, maybe Line A does sign the contract. Maybe Marner signs and it just becomes a trickle-down effect. Rensky signs, Connor signs, Line A signs, Besser signs, so on down the line. How do you look at this player now? Who clearly doesn't care about being there? I understand this game is like you said; it's a business. You pay, you go play where you get paid the most, unless you have some loyalties. Clearly, Line's loyalties do not lie with the Winnipeg Jets. Line's loyalties lie with money. That's where the problem is going to hit. It's going to hurt his game because guess what? He's going to, he's going to put a lot of pressure on himself now if he goes back to Winnipeg. And now he's going to have to prove that he can be a top player. Is he going to be a loyal individual? I don't know. A lot of there's a reason why he who he might just be another Marion Hosa. It might be. And he's gonna go where the money is and hopefully he wins. Yeah. That's that's what's probably gonna happen. I mean And that's gonna be the real there's a reason why Marion Hosa went to Atlanta. Because they offered him money. Right. And you don't I mean, sign with Atlanta because you want to. Well, and, and, and here's here's the moral of the story. That that's what he wants. And that that if that's what he wants, okay. The Winnipeg Jets are still going to be a solid team. They still have a solid lineup. They did it without Liney last year. Exactly. They they don't need players, just like how you know certain players that have unsigned RFAs, they don't necessarily need them. I'm I'm more certain than anything that if your team your team as a whole is competitive, you don't need a star player. You don't. You need you need one comes you down, need one game changer and I think I think the Jets still have it with Mark Shifley. They still Mark have Mark Shifley. Shifley. They Wheeler. still have Little. Dustin Bufflin could still be the bouncer that he is. Oh yeah. And I'm not just calling because he has a belly. I mean like a bounce like a security bouncer. Like he grabs people and throws right. he grabs two people, hucks them off each other and says, Get out of here. Not to mention you still have Connor Hellebuck between the pipes. He's got he's gotta have a better year. But he does have to have a better year, but still he is a hey, Laurent Bussois had a pretty he, good year. He is a first starter goaltender. No question. He is about a it. number one goaltender now. It took him a long time to get there. And but he's there. I know he played at UMass Lowell, but that's not here nor there. But I I want to see what happens from here. Does Line A backtrack? 
Does he, does the team, who's going to find Blake Wheeler at a golf outing and ask him these questions? Who's going to go to Dustin Bufflin at the beauty league and ask him these questions? Well, here's the thing about Dustin Bufflin and, you know, anybody that they want to ask questions to. Most they're going to, they're going to ask some questions and they're going to give hockey, they're going to give hockey answers. They're going to give hockey answers, which in this case, probably Patrick Lining needs to learn. You're not gonna. You're not that, gonna. That's you're not gonna, here's the thing, and they're not. And those are locker room leaders. They're not just gonna stand up and say, "Well, if he doesn't want to be here, fine, let him go out." They're not gonna be that. They're not gonna demean it because they're leaders in the locker room. They need to lead by example. And if it means going out there and literally biting the bullet and just saying, "Well, you know, it's you know, you, or, you know, it's what he wants, it's what he says," and you know, we gotta we gotta stand by. If he comes back, great. We'll have him with open arms and whatever. Blah blah blah. But you're not gonna bash right. them. You can't openly bash him. No, you can't. That's not their job. And I guarantee if someone ran to Kevin Shavel Day off, and he'll probably get Kevin Shavel Day off, probably say no comment. <laughs> and Paul Maurice, same way. Paul no. Maurice, okay. When Paul Maurice finally comes out of his basement that he's been laying in during the summertime, he'll probably say something, but. Here. Well, you know, we're just, uh, I mean, you know, Lion is a good player, and uh, it's just the uh, things and stuff. This and, is uh, what I'll uh, say. Mumbo jumbo. Uh. Shavel Day off will, not, will never say no comment. Anyone who says no comment nowadays, it's a bad move. Bad PR move. You can't say that anymore. I would rather. Okay, so you should say that's. What I, I would rather. So I'd rather say something that's completely poignant. No, so that's kind of my comment. No, no, no. I would. I. I would rather someone give an answer, like a Lou Lamorell answer, where he will Just sit there for five minutes telling you absolutely nothing and everything at the same time. Well, you know, Lion is a good hockey player, and he really gave us a lot last couple of years. Last year was maybe a little bit of a down year, but, you know, he's still a good hockey player. I think that if he gives an opportunity, he'll be a really good hockey player again. You know, we just got to work things out with him, and, and we really just need to keep him on because he's a really good hockey player. You know, he's got a good shot, good talent here and there, blah, 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 blah. Exactly. That's literally what's going to happen. Yeah, and I'm not going to hear anything about, you know, hopefully he's, it's not going to be like, well, let's hope he signs a good fair deal. You know, he wants money, obviously, but we, you know, he could really be a part of this team. But if he wants to be elsewhere, fine, let him go somewhere else because clearly he doesn't want to be in Winnipeg with us. He's, nobody's going to say that. No. So no, now, okay, don't say me, pardon me. Nobody in the organization, nobody that's in hockey ops will say that. You go to, you know, Jim over there works, you know, who kind of hangs outside the Timmy's on his off days during the weekend. Um, you ask him a question, what do you think about Lionel? That son of... Okay, yeah, that's yeah, exactly... Yeah, that, that guy. That, that guy. <laughs> There's always yeah, that guy. You ask, you ask a fan or someone like that. And you're, hey, this, why, do you think, why do you think, Alex, that national reporters, Sportsnet, TSN, the score, I guess, when they were a TV, they go after hockey ops guys. They don't go to fans. Why the local news goes for the fans? Because why? It's more personable. Or something like that. I don't know what. The well, point it is. is. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it, not it, to mention if if you get a hockey fan to say something outlandish, it'll go more viral than I mean, a hockey ops guy saying nothing. Yeah, you come, you know, you go to Grant, you go to Detroit, Fox Two News, are live here outside Little Caesars Arena, and the Wings have won five in a row. Hey, Mister, how do you think about this team? Woo! You know, you go to Mike. You go. Let's to, go, baby. You go and championship back to back. And then you go to like you know Fox Sports Detroit. You have John Keating interviewing, you know, Steve Eisman. Steve, you know, the team's really well doing really well now. Five games, we think the team's been successful. Well, I, I really think that, you know, with, with what we've been able to do here and, you know, kind of bringing in some some quality guys, I think uh, we, we you know, we've kind of started to develop a solid brand here with, with the hockey team. And, you know, we're, we're having some really good chemistry on the ice. And then it really kind of kind of correlates with how we've been doing very successfully over the years. 
back on the street. Fox 2 News guy. Fan, this team has lost Anthony Mantha for the season. What do you do? We're going to die. I'm going to the river. And then we're going to die. Jim Blaschel, he lost Anthony Mantha for the rest of the season. How does he think this will affect the lineup? Well, I mean, he's, I mean, he's, I, it's kind of, it's kind of a bad situation. You know, he's obviously a key player for us, and we we want to make sure that all of our young guys are staying healthy. And obviously, he's a he's he's a key player for us, and you know, he really plays a key part in everything. You know, he's kind of the key holder for us, and really has a good a key role in this kind of locker room and a key role on the ice. And he's, he's really a key player. You know, just a lot, a lot, you know, key. Reporter for Breakfast Television in Toronto. Hey, what do you think of William Nylander, Mitch Marner trying to hold out their contracts? Person around the street. You know, I mean, this this is kind of a bunch of bullcrap. I only make $5 an hour. I don't make $5 an hour. But you know what I mean? Like, I, I could go buy When a- did this person show up from a tobe? Where's this random person that came from straight out of Peterborough? What yeah. the heck is this guy from? You know, if you gave me a box of Timmy's, I'll play freaking goalie for you. I don't even care, man. I just, I just want, I'd be a Maple Leaf. Why can't these guys get paid a couple million dollars less than they want to? I mean, like, seriously, like, come on, man. Mike Babcock's in. Hey, Mike Babcock here, Bob McKenzie from TSN. I, you know, Mitch Marner holding out this year and then William Nealon last year. What does it do for the lineup? You know, I think he's a really good player and I think, uh, I think he really has a, a good part in this team. I think he, uh, he could do a lot of good stuff for us. So, uh, uh, we really want to keep him here in Toronto and keep him in the Maple Leafs uniform. And uh, I think he could do a lot of good stuff for us. Imagine there in Edmonton. Fan, random person in Edmonton Mall. Hey, Connor McDavid hasn't had a point in three games. Oilers are going to lose seven straight games. What do you think? You know, I think that Connor McDavid's still a pretty great player. And, you know, I, I think he's the next wing. Like Ryan Gr- five or six. <laughs> no. That's my Edmonton. Well, I, that's my Edmonton. Thing, I'd love to do something for CTV in Ottawa, but there's like well, no know, fans there's, out there, anyways. Well, you know, there's like a great, like kind of. He's he's a great player. He's you know he's he's the next Wayne Gretzky. You know, he's 97, 99. You know, he's just two number two 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 letters off. You know, and and you know he, two we, letters. <laughs> he's two know, letters and, off and, and of Gretzky. Know, hey, you know what? I I I I, I he bought he, he he released this new barbecue sauce called McDavid sauce, and you know, really kind of gets the dry side out of you. You know, just it's good. It's a good team, and you know. And 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 and, and uh, go Oilers. Got that, any more for me? That's pretty much about it. That's all I got. You're right. That that's uh, that's the difference. Vancouver Gazette. Hi, how do you feel about Brock Besser being one of one of the star players? And like, oh, Brock Besser! Oh, he's so great. I just tell you, he just puts the puck in the net, biscuit in the basket. Him oh, and that, him and that Patterson, that Swedish kid. He looks. Oh boy, he's got such good hair, doesn't he? Oh, he's so great. And then they're gonna put that huge guy. Yeah, he's from the states, from Michigan or wherever the heck he's from. But I tell you, he's gonna be a great hockey player for us. We're gonna be great. Now I see that you got your wife here. Well, no, no, ma'am. What what do you think about Brock Besser? Oh, he's so cute. He's <laughs> just not that hair. I wish my husband's hair didn't start receding when he was twenty. He looked just like Brock Besser, and that bare belly of his would be gone too. But Brock Besser, so cute. He's so adorable. And that's enough of that. <laughs> that's enough of that. Uh, let's get into something a little bit uh, a little bit more serious before we have to get off here. The the angry August topic of the show today. The Continental Basketball... Wait, that's CBA. That's a different kind of CBA. (laughs) Continental Basketball Association. Yes, the... League of the Grand Rapids Hoops. The collective bargaining agreement. Yes. Hey, guys, remember that lockout we keep talking about? That you keep talking about? I'm just saying the inevitable, Alex. Okay, let's put it this way, Alex. I was born short... I think a few weeks after the 95 lockout ended. Okay. 
or maybe a month after. Okay. So I missed one. There have been two work stoppages in my lifetime. Okay. The full season 0405 okay. in the 2012 and the 2013. Okay. I have a reason to have PTSD when it comes to this sort of sort of debate. Sure. As a fan, now as a contributor to hockey media, as a person that's trying to get in deeper into hockey media with play-by-play, obviously minor league hockey will still continue on because, well, unless there will be, unless there's going to be a massive uprising with the PWH. Just because you cut off the arm doesn't mean the body dies. Exactly. You just make sure you need to freeze the arm, seal up the wound, and maybe you can put it back on. Yeah. It, the arm will be useless, but anyways. Yeah. So. There was a, uh, so Bill Daly was walking around in, I think, Sweden and Finland last week. Stockholm, Sweden. Stockholm, Sweden. Chris Johnson was busy last week, man. Was he, he was. on vacation or is he back to work? I don't well, know. Well, no, he was in Sweden, so obviously he was just hitting up the town, you know, talking to Line A, talking well, to Bill well, Finland and Sweden are like right there. It's yeah, just, he, he's in the market. It's like driving across Michigan. It's just right over there. You just got to make a left here at uh, over in Helsinki and you're all right there. Yeah. And so yeah. he was talking to Bill Daly because obviously the CBA is a big Deal. They, it's, the, the talks have kind of dwindled a little bit. They were more, they were a pretty hot topic during the season. But then everyone kind of eased tension with saying, oh, we're very optimistic. Everything's going well right now. Conversations are well between the Players Association and the league. Everything's going well. And now Bill Daly came out saying, quote, he's cautiously optimistic. And so just for a quick point, I guess, I guess dates we're going to talk about here. Today is August the 17th. So in a couple weeks, the NHL could trigger the termination of the current CBA by September 1st, which means that there'd be one more. So the 2020, 2019-2020 would be the quote-unquote last before a possible lockout if they're not able to figure it out. The Player Association, the players, could trigger if the league passes on it. They could do that by the 15th, so in a couple weeks after. So those are the two dates. Alex, you have the quote there from Bill Daly that he gave to Chris Johnson. Yes. So um, this is what he told Chris Johnson at the during the NHL's European Player Media Tour, which is the reason why Chris Johnson was over there in the neck of the woods. Um, he said, quote, The general state of things there seems to be a lot of agreement on. Uh, it's very kind of amorphous right now. I want to make sure that I said that correctly. You did. You did. I did. Okay. Right now. But uh, there doesn't seem to be like a huge sticking point on the issues we've talked about. I think there's generally... Uh, there's a general agreement kind of directionally uh, where we should be going. I think both sides have been open that the agreement's not a perfect agreement and could be improved, but nobody's holding out for a home run, end quote. So another great hockey answer from our good friend Bill Daly. Things are going well, but they're not, I mean, no, it's not going to be perfect. Yeah. Well, I actually okay, like this. I ask, like this ask me, the, ask, ask me the question, Alex. Ask me, no, what, Chris, no, no, ask well, me no. what Chris Johnson would have asked Bill Daly. Just, no, no, I mean, I'll, I, I'll I, give you a general summary of what he said. Go ahead. Just give me a quick one. What's going on, Bill? Well, you know, I mean, right now things are just going, I think, all right. You know, we're talking a lot. We're having a, good, a lot of good conversation, a lot of good talking, you know, good talking points from both sides. I really think, you know, we're, we're making improvements on. Obviously, nothing's going to be perfect here in this room. Well, you know, we're really going to get things going here. We really want to have the right thing together. We want it for both sides here. This is all going to be really important. Make sure both sides have agreed upon here because we want it to be, you know, it's best for the league, best for the players, best for us. You know, this is one of the biggest booming leagues right now financially. We have a lot to go on here. So we got a lot to talk and do. We got a lot more to keep going on. But right now, things are looking good. That's pretty much what he said. See, but I like this answer. 
For, he's not giving up a whole. He's not giving up a whole lot. No, but, but he's he he's giving us exactly what we need to know. Please, we want the lead to continue. That's what at this doing. point, obviously, we don't. As hockey fans, we don't need to know all the details. We we may want all the details, but we don't. Wanna, need. I just want them to say we're going to play in 2020, 2021. So all those contracts they sound look like buffoons. But I think the last part of the quote where he says. I think both sides have been open that the agreement's not a perfect agreement and could be improved. Really kind of shows how I think that's where everything's going to work out. Because where both sides can agree that well, the, the agreement's not currently set to benefit everyone. So that's where they're going to come out with the the better deal where you know everyone can benefit and th- and that's where the, the the league and then the players association everyone be, will be able to prosper just based on the fact that the the new agreement that they'll be working on will actually benefit everyone cuz f- right that's that's the from point what we, that is the point of the what, CBA well what we've been hearing from Bill, you know Bill Daly and you know the past you know couple years now at least with these with these talks um, as it's been coming you know closer and closer and closer to the deadline that both sides aren't happy with it currently. So, correct. Well, yeah, cuz nobody and, and, and obviously with these talks and they've been doing it for the past few years now, they have been able to come to consensus of, okay, this is where the league d- doesn't like this agreement, this is where the players don't like this disagreement, and they've already been able to identify the outliers and when they come up with a new deal, they'll be able to say, okay, with these outliers, here here's how we're going to um, positive, positively affect change and then make sure that it works out for both sides. That's why I like the, at least the last part of the answer because they're, they're showing that how there's a unity from both sides about how this current agreement's not helping anybody. Right, and that's the, that's the hard part for just what, what the deal is. Uh, the CBA, the reason why there's a collective bargaining agreement is so both sides are profitable. Right now, so collectively, the, the current CBA if it is not terminated, would go through the end of the 2021-2022 season if it is not terminated by either party. Correct. All sign, I mean, just like I said, it's, this is legitimately from experience. I'm trying not to be a you know a Debbie Downer about this deal, hmm. but it's happened before and it may happen again. Neither side likes it where it is, so they want to change it now instead of waiting until 2022. You can have discussions. Through, you have two more years of discussions to work out with here. Is it so bad now that either side that neither side wants it? The players want escrow gone. It's a huge tax that really takes away a lot of the money that they make in their contracts. It really the percentage on what it is based on how much they get paid, how much their contract is. But imagine if you're a minimum wage player, you're getting paid with seven hundred grand nowadays. That gets taken quite a bit out through escrow with the tax. I remember when I did my interview with Peter Morazic for my career stuff for my freshman year of college, his money, at that time, don't forget, he was still going up and down between Detroit and Grand Rapids. Right. This was not when he was a full-time NHL goaltender. His money was getting, t- when he go up and play with the Wings, whatever he was getting paid that night, there was an amount getting taken away from him. Like So it is a tax. The players want less taken out, which then, the, then you have the league going on the side of saying, well, if we take that away, if we take the tax away, the league makes less money, which means there's less money to go around for the league. It's a, it is literally the best way I can describe it for any normal human being. Why do I have to pay so much to the road commission in our county so they can fix the road? It's ridiculous. They pay so much and blah, 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 and the gas tax and all that stuff. 
Do you want potholes in your roads? I know people in the South don't get this, but us here in the Midwest, well, we, we got I mean, problems. That, I mean, that's not necessarily true. I mean, we, I mean, obviously, you've been down to like to Florida. Do they have good roads? They have amazing roads. Okay, it is great. There is because I, I know for I know from like friends and what I've seen, like people sending me Snapchats. Pennsylvania probably the best roads in the United States. It's well, I mean, you're not going that fast either. And like even Northwest Seattle, it's not even that bad because they don't salt the roads. They don't get wrecked as much. The right. point is, is like Michigan and the Midwest where it snows a lot. We have to literally put salt all over the roads that way we all don't die and it's it's really it's the players do you want the league to be better yes or no well yeah, yeah i want the league to be better and i you want need to have mine taken away so it's and i remember gosh the lockouts there was so much disdain i the second year the second lockout was for the owners make sure they get more of the more money and 0 for 5 that lockout was so the players didn't make as much because don't forget Look at some of the contracts players were making. It was ridiculous. Wayne Gretzky in 99 was making $6 million. Could you tell what inflation is for that nowadays? Um, let me can, check You quick, quick look that up. You said saying, 1998, right? I'm going to quick look up Gretzky's contract. Look up 99 inflation to what it is today. Because I'm curious, because Wayne Gretzky made a... I don't, okay, not a stupid amount of money because it was Wayne Gretzky. But I'm just going to pull up his last contract... He was making so his last year, he made six million dollars with the New York Rangers. Six million dollars in nineteen ninety nine. Alex, look that up, please. But the point is that players were making too much money, so the league said we need because the league was at that point the most unprofitable it was in a good fifteen years. The late eighties, early nineties boom was gone. The dead puck era was alive and well, and the league was losing interest. So they needed money to be taken back, so they had to nix all the contracts. This, the hard cap was made, and it made things difficult for a lot of hockey clubs. That's why the Leafs had that super team before the lockout. Ron Francis, Brian Leach, Tucker, they still had Domi, Matt Sundin. They had a really good hockey team, but that team, they just couldn't make it. Thankfully, Ron Francis retired, Brian Leach retired, so they had money to spend. But it was difficult, so the league was able to make more money. In 2013, the contracts were still a little outrageous. Players wanted a little bit more. They wanted equal sharing. So the players began to hold out in 2013. Alex. Six, 2012, sorry, 2012. Go ahead. $6 million in 1999 equiv- has the equivalent of $9.24 million, 252, okay, 9240000 $252.10. Wow, what a steal for Gretzky. <laughs> so, yeah. That was a steal. Well, of course, that was the end of his career. But $6 million became 9.24. Okay, so I thought it was a lot more than that. But the point is... was It's still a lot of money. Yes, and Yager was getting paid... I don't even want to look up Yager's contracts. You can look that up on catfriendly.com. That's how I found out Gretzky's contract. Eisenman was getting paid quite a bit of coin, too. But... The point is, is right now, what the players want is the tax be taken off. They want to get more of their actual contract. And I've, and I've heard rumors and whispers that, you know, area taxes, like, why is the tax so high in Quebec and there's, like, nothing in Florida? Why do players sign in certain areas because of that tax? The players want that to be minimalized as much as possible, while the league still wants money to be made for themselves. Obviously, the state and tax and the area tax does not, obviously equivalate when they say because all the contracts you see on cap friendly are in u.s dollars 
obviously that's different when you go play in Canada. Uh, you know, the money that is made in Canada, like I said, Quebec has the highest tax of any province and or state here in the NHL. So it makes it really interesting. Alex, you have bug-eyed when you look at Yager's contract. It's not Yager's contract. It's Iserman's. Oh, boy. He made $8 million in 2003. Yeah, that's 11.15. In 2003. He made $8 million. When he, had, when he played 14 games. He made $8 million. That's $11.15 million. <laughs> well, everyone wonders why the win- Hey, Ty, why do you think that I don't want Matthews to make $11 million? <laughs> Are we comparing Austin Matthews to Steve Eiserman? Yes. He's uh, the young blood that'll be the captain soon. Well? <laughs> well, Eiserman got named in 86, so that means... This should be the year Matthews would be... If they're comparing careers, this would be the year Matthews gets named as captain, but... Yeah. Plenty of time for that to be discussed later on. I just want the league and the players to get it together. I want everyone to figure out what they want. I want, I would like, and I remember Chris Johnson actually put in his article as well, that they could agree on a 10-year extension of the CBA. Here's the problem. The players aren't going to do that. By the way, which year of Yager's contract did you want? It's got to be somewhere in the two, like 2001 when he had that, like those just ridiculous. Yep, I got, yep. No, 0102, the year when he signed with Washington was the stupidly large contract. Yep. What do you got? Just give me one moment. Just give me one moment here. That way I can do the, 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 the players wanted more. Why was that? The owners wanted their shared. Players wanted more of the money that the league was making. Obviously, I had a bit of a standoff. I blamed a lot on Donald Fair on that 2012 lockout. I still despise Donald Fair. I don't like him one bit. But I thought the players should have ponied up and said, you know, we don't need this much. But obviously, some players think they need more than a few million dollars a year to survive, even though some of us are living off like 30 grand. Alex. Yarmer Yager's contract for the 2001-2002 season was $10,033,333. That was in that day. In that in that year. Oh god. Translated to 2019 money, that is 14 million. Oh my gosh. $535,642. Yarmer Yager is getting paid more than Connor McDavid and 47 cents. Yarmer Yager was making more than Connor Oh my goodness gracious. He was making more than Connor McDavid and Connor Brown. <laughs> yep. Wow. Yeah. Soft cap, ladies and gentlemen, that's exhibit A. And so going back to where I was going here, there needs to be some agreement here. The players need to understand that escrow is an important part to keep money coming into the league. Keep a, a a substantial income to the National Hockey League. The players need to understand this. The players nowadays, it is a player's market, Alex. It is. It, not, is. it is not the owners that are able to control the contracts. The players control the negotiations now. They do. With the help of agents, I agree, and I can get into agents all day long because guess what? I'm talking about stinking Darren Ferris and Mitch Marner. Do you want me to go into that again? Do you want me to go into that, Alex? I can. What? No. No? No. no. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Are you sure? Because then we can talk serious. about we call this one CBA and agents, because guess what? No. The agents has the reason why the cost of the CBA. No. The players need to understand. 
you want to make more money, if you want the salary cap to keep going up so your contracts can keep going up, there needs to be money going into the league. That's what escrow is for. So I took a quick couple look around here. The I looked at pensionplanpuppets.com. They were really good with contracts, really good with explaining money in the game. They had angel escrow by season. This only goes through the 2016-2017 season. They refund at a certain percentage of the escrow that's taken out. So, for example, we'll look at 2012-20... I want to look at the lockout year. 2011-2012, 8.5% of escrow was withheld. So that's money that... Salaries that are withheld from each of the players throughout the league. 8.5% of money. 8% was refunded, which is half a percent. That's literally based on revenue. 15.5% was withheld in 2017. That's a lot of money. And I remember they actually had similar numbers in 2014-2015 when they had 15% withheld from all players of their contracts and then only 2.05%. So that's 12.95% salary that was lost. The next higher number was the 2012-2013 season, obviously the lockout year. But the thing was was that the CBA is a current split in revenue between players and owners 50-50. And there were moments where the players get a certain amount back, almost close to that was withheld, but sometimes not, based on the revenue of the league. The point of the escrow is, like I said, to continually make sure the league gets a certain amount of income. And the players want that to be rid of. They want it to go away because they want all their money. And I could get into the whole deal about, you know, how can, and Jonathan Taves is quoted on too, that that's the biggest thing. You know, how can you not live on $10 million? Yada, yada, yada. I could go into that for days about players wanting too much money. Right. And that's in all sports though. I mean, shoot, I, just, what is LeBron James making? What is Kawhi Leonard making over there in, with the Clippers? A lot. A lot. But. You think he could live, on, I could live on a 10th of what Kawhi Leonard makes. But. I could retire now. Hold on. With that, okay, same conversation. Reason why Antonio Brown with the Oakland Raiders, he's like, I don't need football. I could retire. I'm, I'm because an he's making twenty million dollars a year. Or something because like that. he's already set. He could live off what he has right now as long as he doesn't blow it. Become but, a commentator. Shoot, you make a few hundred thousand a year, and you could just coast off that. But okay, here's the point. Basketball is different. Well, it's very hard to compare the two. LeBron, well, LeBron James. You have to remember, a a great portion of his money doesn't come necessarily from basketball. Endorsements. It comes from endorsements. But he's still one of the highest paid so, players in the league. That is true. That is very true. LeBron James does have a lot of money, and he gets a lot of sponsorships because he's he's the one of the biggest faces in basketball. Period. He is the face of USA basketball. Period. He is, you know, a proponent of, you know, AAU basketball. He's a proponent of... Um, of he he of, built a school! Yeah, he built a school. He built a stinking school! All of which he's been able to do as a sort of influence. Now, granted, so yes, it's because he has the money. But right. does that... But, and I'm gonna say but you what, also have to remember... That him playing basketball? You have to remember... Basketball and hockey are different. That's why you, let's, let's bring hockey. It. You have an eighteen-person roster. Let's go bring it. No, eighteen no, twenty, twenty. Okay, fine. Twenty person. Goaltenders are people too, Alex. Okay, I'm just, I'm talking merely just players. 
But if we're clu- including players. if we're including goalies, a twenty-person roster Actually, versus like eleven, basically eleven or twelve. Yes, eleven or twelve, where a majority of the night you have and the minor league five, system in basketball is different because you have to have players on two-way deals in NHL. Correct. In basketball, a majority of the night you have a specific set of five players playing. And then give or take a few more here hockey, and there. You, hockey cycle, okay. In hockey, you have a cycle constantly. So let's bring it back to hockey then. There's less of a spotlight. That's just how it is. Granted, but... It's harder the- for hockey players to get these huge endorsement deals because what what do they... You're s- telling me Connor McDavid has an issue getting endorsement deals? <laughs> no, I'm not saying that he has a trouble. That's why he's the face of hockey right now. So what, but Connor I'm, McDavid is the face of hockey, just as LeBron James is the face of basketball. He has great endor- endorsement deals, but you know what Connor McDavid doesn't have? A signature a lamp. A signature skate. He does not have because it's, it's he may have a signature stick. Sure. A signature curve, but yeah. Well, or that, a signature curve, whatever. It. That could come with it. But LeBron James has a clothing shoes, brand. Yeah, yeah. He has shoes. He has this, 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 and this. Because he has the money to promote it. But the point is, okay, no, let's bring people want to okay, invest in it. Let's get rid of basketball. I'm sorry for even bringing it up. Sticking with hockey here. Why is taking a certain amount of percentage away? So let's put it this way, Alex. Like I said, there was 15% taken away from the players in 2014, 2015. Why in the blue blazing you know what, Alex? That's 15% across the league. Yes. So that is less than 1% of everyone's contracts. Yes. Now, granted, yes, for the guys that are making minimum wage that year, that could be a little amount of money. That could be about 0.00. Minimum wage and hockey standard, by the way. 0.001% probably is what they lost. The players that probably get paid more get taken more away. So imagine that Conor McDavid gets 1% of the $12.5 million that he makes. That's not a lot. Well, are, are, are you sure it wasn't just 15%? No, this look, so I'm just comparing. This was 2014, 2015 was a 15%. I do not have the number what was last season. My thing is, is why is it such a big deal that you lose one percent of a ten? What's one percent of a ten million dollar contract, Alex? It's ten thousand in it. Yes. Yeah. Ten thousand dollars. How is that a huge issue? If it eventually gets, if it goes back, if it has to go back to the league. If it eventually has to go back to the league, so the league makes more money. Like I said, the league gets more money, salary cap goes up, players' contracts go up. They keep following each other up the spectrum. It is like, and I and I, I kind of did this with my microecon class. You increase your minimum wage, cost of living goes up. It keeps going up, keeps going up. Everything follows each other up in the economic spectrum. That's how inflation works. The league makes more money. Players will get paid more. League makes even more money. Players get paid even more. We're going to have, Alex, we are right now heading towards a, with a hard cap in the next 10 years, a $20 million hockey player. Yeah. That's where we're heading. Yeah. What I'm trying to figure out is why does the players want to take this amount away when they real, when they don't really see the, the, they see what they, they are thinking very small minded on this because they're jealous because yes, you're right. They look at baseball. He's getting, Josh Donaldson's getting paid $23 million to do jack squat nowadays with the, with the Atlanta Braves. Exactly. I don't, what is, um, oh gosh, name, 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 San, San Diego Padres, crud cake, shortstop, played for Baltimore. Um, oh my goodness. It's going to kill my brain here. While you're, while you're looking that up, 
I'll translate where you're trying to go. These players, they see, they they watch this. They watch the news. They're 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 hockey players. Manny Machado. Manny yeah, that Machado. Guy. Oh my goodness gracious me! But no, they go they go and they they look. They watch the TV. Manny Machado gets contract extension six sixty million dollars. No, a year. he he is for ten years three hundred million dollars. That's thirty million a year. Why aren't we making that kind of money? Because baseball. Don't forget the San Diego Padres. I don't know how they were able to afford that. But the first is baseball makes more money. It does. NBA makes more money. The NFL makes more money than the NHL. The NHL is the unwanted cousin of the four major sports here in, North, in the United States. I'm not going to say North America because obviously Canada is like, what? No. But no, dude, seriously, if you think about it, okay, hockey, sports brain right here, coming back to it. Coming back at you. Three-game homestand for the West Michigan Whitecaps. How much money do you think we make? $2. Nope. $4. Nope. $6. Nope. A toonie. Nope. Looney. Nope. 50 cents. Nope. A dollar and a half. Nope. Price of gas? Nope. What? Partner at least just in ticket sales alone? Half a million. In three games. For a team that is second to last. A single, a lower single A. Lower single A team. Minor league baseball. Just in ticket sales alone. That's in ticket sales. And then... That's not even... And then and then think about this. We budget out 20 to $30 per person in concessions alone, excluding deals that we have. Like, right. you know, $2 hot dogs, $1 hot dogs, dime dog night. And then in come the expenses. Whoosh. No. That's including expenses. I'm dead serious. Sports, specifically baseball, make a huge amount of money hockey makes a huge amount of money in certain areas not, there's a not reason, even not even in certain reason, areas there's a reason why that a lot no, of no, teams no. Will move think, around if you think about it the teams that even move around they still make a lot of money it's just the fact that sometimes they make money how much they have to the, they the expenses have to spend. come back exactly and with a sport like baseball where you're playing well the white caps are you, one of the most profitable minor league baseball teams in the country that is correct. I'd say like compared like the Durham Bulls. Durham Bulls still makes a lot of money. Toledo probably is another one. They, Toledo makes a crap ton of money. They, how many crap loads do they make? Four or five crap. In loads. a single game, a crap ton of money. That's what I'm saying. The white and but it's it's hard for some of their teams. So bringing it back to so go go so, on your point about baseball here making so. A lot. In hockey, there is a lot more costs. You have to have an arena. You have to have a cooling system. You have to have all these external things just to have the game. And with profit, share, and with profit sharing across the NHL right now, and that forces other teams to pay for other teams, which that they need is, money for that. That is correct. The Major League Arizona Baseball, Coyotes. Major League Baseball does not have profit sharing. There is a reason why when they do contract deals, on on the TV they'll say, you know, Machado, you know, traded 30 for 30 million a year. Traded for, you know, this player, prospect, and then this draft 20, pick. 20, 20th round pick. Yeah, 20th round pick. Okay, sure, whatever. Also with that, there's probably a half million dollars going either way. Because that's how baseball works. I say, there is money in baseball. I say this because in baseball, what do they have to worry about? Lighting the place after it gets dark? They don't have to, all they have to do Cut the grass, make sure the dirt's ready. That's it. Cook the hot dogs. That's it. They don't have to worry about 
all the stuff that goes along with hockey. Uh, oh, especially with arenas. If it's a multi-purpose facility, oh, we got to you got to pay. We got to take down the boards. We got to we got to take down this. Melt the thing. ice. Watch the paint. Blah, blah 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 blah. It is a different kind of ball game, and that's why they say NHL is as profitable as it's ever been. It is still light years behind the other three sports. That's the problem, and the players need to understand that. You want to make this work. I get it. You're probably only going to be in the league for a few more years. This. Is a huge CBA talk here. The players need to grow the game. They're not thinking big picture. And I understand that. If you want to make money, you have to give. If you want to make money, you got to spend money. Exactly. The players have to give up this escrow because why? It gets to the league. It gets to the profitability of the National Hockey League, which which the players need because if the NHL is not profitable... They're not profitable. They're not profit. Exactly. And then you're going to be looking at a hard cap of $11 million. Okay, that's not that. Ext- extremely. Okay, that's very drastic. But you get what I'm saying, though. If the money's not making league, neither are its players. Because no one's going to invest in the league, which means they're not going to go to games. People aren't going to get playoff bonuses. No one's going to get signing bonuses. Nobody's going to want to touch these players as far as agents, spo- agents, agents or, or sponsors or promotions or whatever. They're going to, they're going to, they have no money to spend. Exactly. And they have no money. To, and that's why they're not going to make money on hockey players. Exactly. Because if the league's not profitable, players aren't. There's a reason why the, by 0405, it was a hard, hard era to be a hockey fan because there was no money. That's the reason why ESPN backed out. They had to go on OLN the Outdoor Living Network, because there was nothing else available. People, you know, Hockey fans are excited the league was back, but there was no money really in the league. The cap was, what, under, I think it was close to $60 million. Under that, I think the first couple of years, way under that. Yeah. After the 0405 lockout. Needless to so say. So the players oh, I need. I got to stop saying that. Can't stop, can't say, needless to say. Can't stop say, no. Okay, anyways, I no. can't say it. But there needs, the players need to understand, if you want to be a part of a profitable league, I get it. There are players that think they're only going to be here for a few more years, and after that, who cares what happens to the league? I understand that. There is a simple-minded effect of players, of athletes, of all sports. Not just hockey, of all sports. But for the good of the league, they need to understand where they stand. There is a players' union, players' rights. I get that. There is that. But when you're making as much money as guys were making back before the lockout, even in inflation... You got to understand that there needs to be a grain of salt taken with all of this. Players need to understand that the league needs to make money for them to make money. If they don't, guess what? It'll be the demise of the NHL before we know it. That's why these CBA talks are some are probably the biggest out of the last three. You're not wrong there. If the game the game needs to grow, and the so gra- do the game needs to grow. The game needs to grow now. The game needs to grow, and the farm made money. There's we can feed the cows, and we can milk the cows, and we can kill the cows. What? And then we can go watch a hug game. Eat. No, Alex, this is this is this is, this is in Alabama. Hunt, well, Huntsville Havoc. They S- have a hockey team. SPHL. I don't yes, know. I, I, I don't know how exactly how they how fans are down there attendance wise, yeah. but but nevertheless, holy cow, it's a long show today. <laughs> nevertheless, I blame you. Need- I, bl- I blame your trivia. That only took maybe 20 minutes. 20 minutes! Or actually, no, not even. Not even. We were about half, we were at 45 minutes at the end of the Islanders talk. Yeah, that was your fault. And you're over here just rushing, oh, let's go, let's go. You know what? You had we to have... throw the trivia. We could have left out the trivia and we would have been fine. Nah. And then nah. we, no. Nah. Then we, then again, nah. we did get into the Roberto Luongo nah. tired sweaters and stuff. Yeah, exactly. So we uh, should do an episode. 
When are we going to do next week? Uh, I'm not entirely sure. Do we, oh, we next have a game. Oh, oh, crap. There is a game Monday. That's right. Next week is pretty busy. Um, I'll be going to that game next Monday. We play the loons. No, the, ca- no, the captains. That's right. Captains. Yep. Kane County captains. Sure. Not, no, not Kane County. Lake, Lake County. County. Lake. We went over that already. Shush. But uh, next week's going to be busy on my end, at least. Uh, we're going to be... Uh, we're going to shoot I for... I work next Saturday, so we can't... We're going to shoot for possibly early next week. We'll see what happens, but... Tuesday? Um, maybe Tuesday? Maybe. Not- I'll have to check my schedule, like I said. We'll figure it out. <sighs> we will have a show next week or something like that. This is the first... Yeah, last year, we only had four Angry August. This week, this month, we'll have five. Exactly. Because we did a show on the first... Be thankful. Be grateful. Listen to us more. This was not, the obviously, the loudest angry August, but you know what? It was news. I had stuff to say. I was calm, which is weird because I just had coffee. I don't know. Maybe I'm saving all my energy for tonight. Got a big race to call tonight. Yep, there you go. Berlin 251. Coming on the inside. Thank you all for listening. Make sure to follow us on the Twitter. On the Twitter. On the Twitters. Do I need to write out your script? No. (laughs) Write out your dialogue for you? Hashtag the Keel Podcast at the Keel Podcast. Make sure to also take a look at the Downtown Sports Network, see what they have for the upcoming fall, all of that good football jazz and at, everything. At DT Sports Network on downtownsportsnetwork.com. Follow them on Spreaker, Spotify. That's where you can find us as well. Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts. Uh, was there another one? We're on TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio Podcast. Find us there. I mean, you're listening to us here probably on SoundCloud or something like that, but that's where we are as well. Yeah. Also, make sure to take a nice little quick gander at what Tyler has been posting on the Hockey Writers. Uh, he's got some really good articles up there. Read one just the other day. Montreal Canadiens. That's that was I, the one that I read. It that's, was pretty that's, good. That's where I am at. I am writing for the Canadians, which is weird. And I remember I told the guys, I'm like, yeah, I'm a Leafs fan, and I'm writing for the Canadians. They're like, what in the world? I'm like, just go with it, please. It's, I just need a job. Please give me one. I just want to write, please. That being said... Thank you all for listening one more time. For Tyler, I'm Alex. We will see you next time. Bye!